Hello and welcome to another episode of Deep Fried Thoughts Podcast, where we talk about all things currently frying in my mind. This episode's guests, that's right, there are two guests, are Hunter and Ryan Kotka. Uh, if you have heard those names before, it's probably because of their wrestling career. Uh, they are absolutely incredible athletes. We discuss their high school careers following all the way to college and possibly beyond and what, what they're looking forward to. So this was a really great episode. I appreciate that these guys came out so much, especially during their their break with their family uh, during Christmas Eve of, of all days. Uh, they were able to come over here. So special thanks to those guys. You should definitely go check them out beyond this episode and, and see what they're about. Really doing a lot of cool things. As far as... Any updates? I don't think I have anything for you. I think I've been bugging you guys enough. Uh, we're on YouTube and Rumble. Rumble is the only place you can watch the video of Jenny and I's episode. That is definitely not going up on YouTube. I tried to go through and edit it. It was a mess as far as what is allowed and not allowed on YouTube. There was just not a chance of me editing that. I spent too many hours and then just winded up just giving up. There was just no episode left. So if you do want to go check that out on video that is still up on Rumble, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. It makes a big difference. We are still shooting for that 1,000 subscribers, even if it takes us a few years. So anyway, for the few of these that have gone out there and done that, I, I love you so much. You're like, you're like family to me. <laughs> no, I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be a long road, but I know we'll get there if we keep going. And that's all because of your support. So thank you so much. Also, if you didn't go check them out already, go on to lionsnotsheep.com. Go check out their apparel. All of their stuff is made in the USA. So please go support them. And if you do, let them know who sent you. Use the promo code Deep Fried Thoughts for an extra 10% off. And without further ado, here we go. Deep Fried Thoughts. Mmm, it's the best podcast. Deep Fried Thoughts. Don't worry, we're working on a better intro. All right, so welcome, guys. Awesome, thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. Um, So for those of you guys listening that, uh, you know, weren't here a few minutes ago, we got some time to hang out and talk, and I actually set up a a mat upstairs, and I actually pinned... One of the guys, and if you can answer that correctly, you win a prize at the end. Right. Uh, but we're not going to tell you. No, I didn't. It was, it was, dude. It was crazy. I see you guys, and I've seen you guys since you were very young. I don't mm. even know how old you guys were when we first met. You know, hanging out with your dad and stuff. But yeah. every time I see you guys, it's like I forget not just how big you guys have gotten. I mean, because obviously you're, you're you're men now, mm. but it's like just what you guys have done, just in the work you've put into just your physical bodies is incredible like answering the door i felt so little (laughs) if if you're listening you need to go and jump over to youtube now or rumble just to get a glimpse of just how out of shape i look on this episode compared to these two um but yeah no it's it's great um so how you guys been yeah we've been good i've been good um did you know grinding at school yeah yeah. we just finished the semester up and uh you know we're in the middle of wrestling season right now so i've been uh on the grind still so yeah we're being good though yeah I guess with that, it like it never stops. Like you're home on break. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh, I get to just cut loose and right. eat all the cookies yeah. and, or do you do that and you got to work I mean, extra hard for yeah. it? How's it? No, for me and obviously for him too. Like we we had a schedule coming out of like in the break. Like mm-hmm. our coach gave us something to work on, and uh, we had like two workouts a day so far. Like every day we've been home. So um, you did two today. Not today. No, oh, oh, okay, no, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll lift we'll after this. Yeah. Nice. So what's what's the training regimen look like like during the season? Uh, so for me at Navy, um, we, we kind of have a, a different schedule than, than typical colleges. Um, like we, we have more of like a, like a high school 
type class schedule. And so um, because of that, we wake up around like 5.30 and get our like main practice out of the way in the morning. Um, and then we go to classes and then we have about an hour and a half at lunch. Um, and that's when we lift. Um, then go to more classes and then um, in the afternoon is kind of free to do homework or um, get a, a, another roll in or another workout. And so um, the practices are, are starting to like get shorter and harder as the season progresses. Um, and the lifts have changed from kind of being super heavy to, to being more functional. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what it's like there. Usually, usually two, two workouts a day, um, every week. So, and Hunter can kind of fill you in a little bit more on yeah. mine. I think mine's not as like constricted, um, as Navy, obviously, because we're more I, of like, a, yeah. And I'm assuming that's because it's like more of a structured base. Because I mean that is so. And sorry to cut you off. We'll get no, back to that. So I have known some people. You're you're going to the Navy, Naval Academy in Annapolis, right? Yes, sir. So how is that different in all different ways from college, or is it is it or is it different from being a, you, you are active Navy, right? Or how's that how's that yeah. work? Yeah, yeah. So so we're we're technically active active duty, um, but we we don't get paid um, kind of as as well as um, like if we were actually in the Navy right now, um, serving. So it's, it's really just a four year college, um, and, uh, a whole bunch of different majors to choose from. And then afterwards you, you kind of get your service selection and, and go where you want to go and, and start your training there. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely different. Um, in that like you're taking a lot more classes because you graduate with, um, I think a bachelor's in science, like everybody graduates a bachelor's in science. So we're, you're taking all those core classes on top of your major. Um, okay. and so, so with that, there's, there's a little more workload. And, and what is your major? Right now I'm political science. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're all good. Yeah. I just wanted to get like the contrast cause I'm, I'm sure your, your college experiences are very different based on, yeah. on where you're going as well. Yeah. So I was but. just going to say, I'm a little more, I think my schedule is a little more, um, relaxed than his because we choose our schedules around our training rather than like vice versa where like it's classes, classes, classes and trip fitting training in. So like we have our training schedules, which is most, mostly two a days like him as well, where we lift Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the morning and then, uh, come in the afternoon and wrestle on the mat. And then we'll, uh, kind of schedule with our like advisors and stuff, just like classes in between there. So but obviously over the break, like winter break and stuff, is so nice because, you know, we get to, like, come in later times. You yeah. get to sleep in a little bit more. I mean, I don't know about him, but it's nice to <laughs> yeah. sleep in a little. And yeah, I, I love that. Even yeah. a couple minutes. Yeah, makes it, definitely. Especially with kids. It's like the weekends is just non-existent. They're just in there. Where, you know, it's, it's more... It's more alarming when the kids don't wake me up early because I know they're up. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what I'm about to go downstairs <laughs> and find out, yeah. like, what they got into. How many kids do you have? Just two right now. I didn't even know you had kids. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. That's awesome. no, it's all Congrats. good. Yeah, I got uh, Thatcher. He's about to be five in a few days uh, in January. Nice. And then Harley uh, just turned three in November. It's a cool name. Yeah. They're both cool names. Thank you. Thatcher and so Thatcher was actually, I didn't like it at first. I lo- now I love it, but yeah. I didn't like it because it was, I kept trying to name him Carmen. Because <laughs> like, that's like the Italian tradition. You name the first son after the father. And it, I got gypped on that. Because I got named after my grandfather, which is fine, but like I got gypped on that ex- 
that Italian tradition. So I was like, I'm going to do that with my son. Uh, but everybody, you know, I was just getting clowned for it because it's we're, we're, nothing else about my life is like very Italian. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not like a, a Jersey Shore kind of guy. So yeah. like to to just all of a sudden when a son is born, it's like, oh, we got to follow this tradition. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, I'm Italian, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna baptize him in spaghetti sauce. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so Thatcher is actually Jenny, my wife's maiden name. Okay. So she was she was Jennifer Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so we named him. After I made a name, which at first I was like, well, I don't know, you shouldn't do that. It was a mother. Cause I was thinking like a female to a son, but I don't know. It was just silly. Now I love it. I couldn't yeah. couldn't imagine being anything else. And then Harley, just because you know I love Harley. So. Do you call Thatcher like anything short, or is it just like Thatcher? It's just Thatcher. Okay. Yeah, or you know he has a million nicknames. Just anything what? shorter, Bud. Bud. Like <laughs> Bud, yeah. kid, yeah. boy. <laughs> I don't know if you're playing. Any video games with God of War, he always calls his son boy. Come here, boy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll do that, but that's that's about the extent. But no, no, no fun nicknames yet. Right. Um, but I'm hoping that Harley becomes like this, always wanting to wear pink, like very girly girl that wants to go work on Harley's. Like that's how I picture it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's there's no uh, lack of bikes at this house. There's there's yeah. so many I can barely walk in the garage. Yeah. Which if you guys want to buy a bike. I'll, I'll give you a good deal. Oh, yeah. I'm really trying to clear out the garage. Like a bicycle? <laughs> no. Like, like a bike, bike. Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've I mean, got we so walked many. in the house and there was like two like little bikes in there. Oh, so, so we had, uh, so we like I told you, we did Christmas yeah. yesterday. Um, that's a balance. It's an electric bike called a Stasic. Mm-hmm. So they're they're like legit little dirt bikes made for like off-roading and they go fast. Really? And they, yeah, like they have throttle control, like three different settings. And uh, Thatcher, we gave him one like a year or two ago and after like the first couple of days he's like I want to go to the fastest setting and he was flying I mean he's all fully geared up like the you know full face helmet mm-hmm. and just flying around so the little one was Thatcher's old bike I put like a sticker kit on it to make it like pink and girly and then we got Thatcher like the new 16 inch mm-hmm. I'm a little curious to see how it's going to be because that thing goes a lot faster I think their like medium speed was the the fastest speed on the other one mm-hmm. or, or maybe the lowest but yeah, I wish I had stuff like that yeah, when I was a little yeah, kid man <laughs> It's awesome. I'm, I'm, hopefully they, uh, they're they more responsible than I was when I first got on a bike because of the experience they had. Yeah. I, I wrecked a lot, <laughs> to be honest. But anyway, to get back to, uh, to training and all. So for me and my understanding outside of the snooping I did on you boys um, beforehand, it was like, I remember your dad was just like, you know, the boys are into to wrestling. I'm going to convert the upstairs of the garage into like this gym and I just remember I I really wasn't paying much attention to it and then I started hearing things and like the the training that was going on um how long were you guys wrestling before that was that like was your dad just like cool I've been waiting for this day as soon as he signed up he started that or was it was there some time between I mean Hunter started um his sixth grade year I started my sixth grade year so a, a year after him um and it was it was kind of new to to both of us I I think our dad was a little hesitant because uh, we we had like close family friend, friends that wanted us to to get into wrestling, but he was a little unsure. But once we started getting into it, and, and the first couple of years, it was it was just kind of like a learning phase, and then um, and then we we started really like setting goals and and wanting to be to be good, and then, so that's when when we started getting serious about training, and and that's when he put that that gym up in the garage. And the, it wasn't just you guys training up there, right? It was was it the whole team, not the whole like not the whole team, but we had a club. 
mm-hmm. a lab trained wrestling club and um it was coached by Greg Hagel and he kinda he used to coach at Harvard or not Harvard, Haverford. And uh he would come and work with us and we'd have a couple other guys in like in and around the district and like the guys who were serious about what they were doing. And uh so we'd all go up there and, and stuff. But yeah, I think it was, it was a couple of years um, after we got into wrestling that my dad was like, all right, these guys are kind of into this. And um, so he kind of obviously like we love him for it because it made us who we are right now. But he put a lot of time and effort into us and our growth like through that. And it was, yeah, it was really cool. But, yeah, I was curious about that, like your dad's, you know, involvement in this. And like, do, do you think you guys would, would be here today without him? And I mean, what kind of difference did that really make? No, absolutely not. I think just... Like all the tournaments that he's driven us to, and all the time he's he's gone out of the way to to get things for us or um, to 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 build up that garage to what it was, and just just spend the money that um, he might have not even really had just for us to get to get better. Um, it was it was really special, and and he we definitely thank him for him for it and. Um, yeah, we we definitely wouldn't be, I I I'd say where where we are today. Because I'd have to imagine too, like it wasn't just in that moment. Like you don't just flip a switch and you're just like this determined, mm-hmm. you know, uh, group of guys. It's you know, I'd imagine there was a lot in your upbringing too. Like was you, was your dad always pushing you like to be like as disciplined as you are now today, and you were able to transfer it over, or was that like a big learning curve? You know, starting you know, when you guys were, were getting serious with the wrestling? Um, yeah, I think we grew up uh, working outside a lot. Like, we would, uh, we had a wood-burning stove back in our old like, house in the, in the basement, and so we'd have to chop wood just to keep the house warm. My dad would always say, like, hey, like, you guys got to go chop wood today. And, like, obviously some days we didn't want to do it, but, um, you know, he'd make us. And so I think that kind of like start our, our work ethic is like all right well we got to go do this because you know he's making us also we need to heat the house and stuff but um yeah I, I think just going back to like it's a different type of like work ethic I think because like on one end he's pushing us to do this splitting the wood and stuff and then when it came to wrestling he would provide um all these opportunities and this stuff and uh it was kind of on us to because he, he didn't wrestle obviously he didn't know really what he was doing in that sense but he provided everything we needed and that was kind of like all right let's go like work so we can kind of make it up to him almost in a sense but I don't know I think that determination and drive came from like what we've came like growing up like you said like just splitting wood every day right like we mm-hmm. it would be a grind and like we'd hated it but like dang, if we can do this, you know, we can do anything. You know, so. that's not easy work too, and I I definitely benefited from it. You guys kept my house warm one winter. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was funny that happened right after I got a bu- your dad dropped a bunch of wood off, and you guys were young at the time doing that. And uh, he goes, "Oh, pay me later," because I wasn't around. And I ended up getting like a bad knee injury, and I was out of work for months. I was like, "Oh, I was like these these boys are gonna hate me for not paying." I was like, "I have, I literally have no cash. I felt so bad. I don't even know if your dad ever told you or just gave uh, it to you, but no. it was like three months later. I was like, "Dude, I'm so sorry. Here you go." Yeah, no, yeah I was down for the count for a while. No, thank so, you. It's just you know formal apology right, to both right, of you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember a lot of stuff from back then. Honestly, my well, it's been pretty bad. it's been eating on me for years. So <laughs> I just thank you for letting me you know, get that off my chest. No, nah, no, nah, I just we'll that talk just about it later. All right, oh, darn. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so th- the reason I was bringing that up, um, I know today, and I'm not trying to make fun of anybody or anything like that, like, there are, there is, like, this, I, I would even call it, like, an epidemic of, like, laziness with children, where parents just, I don't know if it's because they're too busy, because you got mom and dad both working to, like, pay the bills, or, you know, because we feel like we need all these different things, and whatever that, that's a whole other subject yeah. matter, but... Um, I know for me, when I was younger, like I, I grew up with a single, single mom and Nintendo was my babysitter or like, you know, a lot of the like indoor thing. I mean, I went, I went out and I did a lot of things, but mm. I was never really pushed physically to do things. Mm. Like I remember my mom would be like, Oh, you should go do this. But like for a kid that's overweight at like 12 years old, that could just sit inside and play Mario and eat like snacks. Why would I want to go work out? Mm. So like, I didn't have like a male figure to like push me into that. And that's not to say anything negative to mo- single moms out there. Um, but there is like a contrast that I think young men need. Mm-hmm. Um, just like young girls need like that female role model. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is, do you think it was easy for you guys to have fallen out of that quickly? Like after all those years, if your dad was just like, hey, cool, like go do whatever you want. Like, do you think that that, what was instilled into you young, in a young age, and I'm asking also as a father, curious about my own kids, um, the discipline and the the work ethic that was instilled into you in a young age, do you think that uh, when there, you know, when it came time to, to apply that with wrestling and training and, and whatever else in life, do you think it was e- it would have been easy for you to slip into just that lazy lifestyle if you were allowed? Or was there something that just was burning in you where you just had to fill that drive? Like, when does it go from... Being forced to, to like you, you feel a need to. I, I'm sure you guys mm. would feel weird if you didn't work out every day. Like it's like a drive now, right? Mm. Am I wrong? No, that's 100. Yeah. So where does that switch happen? Because I know a lot of people, including myself, would be very curious about that. I mean, I'll say uh, like for me, my story. Um, I got into wrestling, and my dad would have to kind of drag me to some practices because I was like, man, I suck. I just I can't hang with these guys, um, and um, I'm definitely better for it, for him, uh, dragging me to those practices. But I think having those lessons instilled, um, at a, at a young age definitely helped. It definitely could have been easy to just kind of be like, all right, no one's really pushing me anymore. I, I, I don't really have to do this. Um, and, uh, that could have been easy to say, but, like our our dad, he he didn't really push us in, in in wrestling that much. Once we started like picking up, he was like, "All right, you guys, you guys take this where you need because you guys know what you need to do." Um, and so that that flip kind of switched. Um, I'd say it it was definitely different for for the both of us. For me, I I'd say towards my eighth, eighth grade year, I was like, "All right, this is what I want to do," and no one's going to stop me from, from doing it. So I, you just got to make your goals and, and just, just get to it. Um, I'm sure Hunter definitely has a better story. I mean, yeah, I think, um, he obviously like in the wrestling world, he kind of almost passed like the baton over to Hagel, which is our club coach. And he kind of like didn't really, wasn't involved in the wrestling, like, in the workout aspect. But he would obviously provide all the opportunities to do whatever we needed. So I think right now, like, I, like you asked if, like, that drive we had from chopping wood, all this stuff we did growing up, whatever, like, switching our heads if he, like, would 
was kind of like off of us and stuff. And I think the clear answer is no, because he kind of did kind of back off in high school when, when we had our own goals and all this stuff. And all that drive never left. It mm-hmm. never left me. It will, I don't think it'll ever leave me. Never, I don't think it'll ever leave Ryan. But, um, yeah, we can only be grateful for, like, what he's done for us. And, obviously, both of our parents. So, yeah, I don't think – I think for, for you and when with your kids and stuff, just, like, don't, like, push them too hard early with, like, if, like, they're getting into sports and stuff. Because I know if I, my dad, like, if I was younger and, like, he would push me into sports and sports and stuff, like, it would be – kind of exhausting a little bit i see a lot of guys just like hate the sport because their dads are just so hard on them so i think just like obviously disciplining them in a way that's like all right you can like give them things to do and like kind of get that like work mindset a little bit and then, it's good yeah. it's balance to it balance to it for sure so it's funny you say because i'm not a big sports guy mm-hmm. like I, I excuse me i really enjoy hockey i love going to flyers games watching the flyers but I mean, if the Flyers don't win the Stanley Cup, you know, this year or next year or whatever, I, I'm okay. I go on my life. I don't even, you know, shed a tear. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, ingrained in it that much, but I really enjoy the sport. So when I was thinking about, like, my kids, like, my big thing is, like, I want them to be into, like, motorcycles and things. Like, so I want to teach them what I'm learning, you know, uh, and, like, I want to get into hunting to, to hand them, you know, down that baton. I'm like, say, you know, I want to grab my son and be like, hey, get your rifle and go on hunting and it to be a normal thing for him. But uh, the thing I like trying to find a good balance for is his, is the electric dirt bikes. So I got them because they can ride everywhere and it's not like neighbors aren't going to call the police. But eventually I'd like to get them real dirt bikes and I'd like them, if they want to race, I like want to get into that or if they want to compete in anything or just, even if they just want to go, like I want them to, I definitely want to push them a little bit yeah. to do that because I think that's a really fun competitive thing. It's also dangerous, um, which is why I started them so young. I mean, Thatcher was like two years old when I got him a balance bike and then moved him very quickly over to a motorized one. Hmm. Uh, and he's already a better rider than I probably was at 18 yeah. or 17 yeah. getting my first bike. Um, but yeah, there's like a balance because it's like if I keep pushing him that, I don't want him to hate something that I'm only introducing him because I have such a love for it. And I want him to see like what I see in it. Like just like if my wife wants to show me the beauty in something, if she shoved it down my throat, I'm going to look at that beautiful thing. And I'm going to resent it. Mm-hmm. So it's like I want him to not resent it, but I also want to make sure like I push him enough to not be lazy. Like I don't want him to fall in a lot of the same traps I, I, I'm in. Like for me, I've had like for my whole life, and I can't believe anybody but myself really, regardless of upbringing, is that I'll, I'll like be like, oh, I want to start this. I want to do this. And I'll, I'll do it for a little bit, and that drive just drops. That's why I was asking you guys like what – was the like the factor like did you guys keep getting pushed until now it's a routine or was there you know like you were saying no there was like a moment in high school when you you were like all right this is what I got to do I want this so this is what it takes to get it you know where you took that into your own hands whereas for me I'm like I'm 35 years old and I'm still trying to figure that out in Mm -hmm. some aspects and it's like even if it's too late for me you know to a degree I mean obviously I can definitely better myself and and treat myself better uh, physically or what I'm eating or anyway but I want to learn as much as I can to make it better for my son. You know, that's all, all you can ask for as a father. It's like, I want my kids to have it better than I did. Right. Even if it's a little Absolutely. step better or something, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, so that's awesome. But, yeah, I was just curious. that So that um, you had mentioned something, uh, Ryan, about getting pushed to go to uh, practices and mm-hmm. not feeling good enough. <laughs> I'm sure looking back... You know, that that probably seems a little silly, but maybe not. Maybe you needed that to help keep, keep pushing you. So 
I guess you guys are not like, do you feel that now? Like, do you still have like a, like a confidence when you're going in there? Like, are you like, I'm going to demolish this. I'm going to, you know, I've been training for this or, or is it like a humbled way of going in? Like what's the mentality for, before a match? Uh, before a match, I'd say, um, kind of like what our club coach, Greg Hagel always says, just be confident in your training and, um, and go out there and, and perform. And so like, I definitely get get some nerves before before my matches, but but they're good nerves. Um, like I don't I don't I'm not like looking at a guy who's who's bigger than me or or, or might be stronger than me. I'm like, all right, is he, I I think I'm gonna lose. I I don't I don't I don't ever say that. Um, I I always strive to be the, like the hardest worker in the room and and just push myself as hard as I can every day. So that when it comes time for these matches that I might be the underdog in a lot of them, then I'm like, all right, I've, I've trained harder than this guy. I, I can go out there and, and beat him. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's definitely like being pushed to go to those rooms where I was would, like getting my crap kicked in. Um, like it was better for me in the, in the long run, uh, especially just getting beat up by Hunter every day <laughs> in high school. Just... It, it made me it made me better cool yeah how about you yeah i think um going off of that like knowing that you work hard is like a huge just mental confidence thing it's like you knowing that you're like working as hard as you can doing everything you possibly can on the backside, like in the wrestling room before your matches you can you know confidently say i've done everything i can to go out here and win so it's like it's just the biggest confidence thing is knowing that on the, on the back end, you're doing everything you can. So I think that's something that Hagel instilled into us. And kind of going back to that old, uh, what you were talking about before, I think habit um, is just a big thing for, like, as as a dad, like, like get setting, like, habits, like, for your kids a little bit almost. Like, um, like with Hagel, like, habits were, like, the biggest thing. Even little small disciplines every day, it's, like, the biggest thing. And it, you know, kind of, it's still just instilled in both of our heads probably like to this day. But, um, yeah, I think just before matches, like I'm not extremely nervous usually ever, but I do get butterflies obviously and just want to stay calm and just like stay confident and prepared. And I know, you know, I've done everything I can to go out there and win. So. Yeah, I guess, I mean, everything you're preparing for is for that moment. So when you go in there, it's not – because, you know, I'm, I can only imagine it from my standpoint, which, I, you know, if I – you know, when you guys walked in the door, like mm-hmm. towering over me <laughs> – it's like to to be standing there ready to like throw down with one of his, you know. Obviously, I haven't been the train, you know, been through the training. So, I guess that makes sense that like everything you're putting into it, it's like, all right, this is what I've been working for. This is why I've been not eating. This is why I've been, you know, or not eating that junk food. This is why I've been working out. This is why I've been whatever, mm-hmm. saying no to all these things, is for that moment. Um, I am curious, actually, something I just mentioned. Looking back, I'm sure this t- took like a lot of your life, took a lot of high school life, took a lot of social life, even what social life would look like in college. Like, I'm sure it would be a lot different if you guys weren't doing what you're doing. Do you feel like you missed out on anything like in your youth or, or now? Do you ever do you ever wonder about that? I mean, I definitely said, say my my social life in high school was not existent almost like I had almost zero friends from my high school. Um, and for me, it was just like trying to find like minded people who, who also like to work hard and like kind of don't give into that, um, like lazy lifestyle. 
and um, I, I I found that just in the wrestling community. I, that's that's where all my friends came from. Um, so we we've never really been like partiers or or kind of going down that that path. And so I I say we're definitely better for it. Um, just kind of not having that distraction um, early on. And I mean, yeah, we missed out on on some dances or um like some some high school things and some free time um but it, it it's what we we love to do and so i think that really makes up for it that's awesome you feel the same way yeah yeah no no it's a good it's a good answer it's kind of what i expect i was just curious because you know a lot of times we can look back on life and you know you can regret things or wonder what if or whatever and, and a lot of times those ideas can creep in your mind but Dude, I don't know. Some people might l- have loved high school. For me, I was like the the no friend. I had no friends in high school. I was like, I I would have loved to have been pushed into something that gave me purpose at a young age. Because what I thought I was like going after with like the social life, like what I always strived for. Like when I got it after high school and like had that big group of friends and was like partying, it was fun. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna lie about it or even say even like some of the illegal things I was doing or anything. Like it was. It all had its aspect of fun. That's why mm-hmm. I did it. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't have been doing it. Mm-hmm. But I look back and it's like it's such a waste. Like I wish so badly that like youth. You always hear the older people saying like, "Oh, if I knew what I knew, you know, knew now back then, like I would have done things different." Or you got an adult trying to tell a kid, you know, "Hey, like don't waste your time on this or that." It's like that kid doesn't want to hear that. It's like we're ingrained to want to like learn the hard way. It's like, no, we got to do our own path. And it's like, well, you're walking down the same path that that person who told you that probably walked down and why they're trying to warn you. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think that's awesome um, because I think a lot of the things, like the discipline issues that people have, you know, starts early on. It's it's kind of like, you know, they say like the first three years of a kid's life is where you're going to develop a lot of their personality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I'm so like hyper aware of that with my own kids of like, all right, we've gone through the three years, a lot of their personalities probably been developed. And I don't know how true all that is, but it's still in my mind of like what sponges they are and what I want to instill in them now mm-hmm. um, to help them throughout their lives. And I just, I so badly don't want them to look back and think, oh, I missed out on this or I missed out on that or regret things because in the end, it's such a massive waste. I mean, it's cool, but at, at the time, but there's like nothing to bring forward from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's, there's good memories to be had in, in some of those areas, but like if, if like for me and Ryan, like, um, we had a purpose and we had goals. And so I think those things, those parties, those like experiences that honestly, I didn't even want to go to. I was just like, there's, like, I don't know. I just, like, felt like I don't even want to go hang out with, like, people right now. Like, I want to go sleep. I'm going to go get my eight <laughs> hours or nine hours or whatever so I can work, work out in the morning. It's just, like, a weird mindset because it's, like, all right, we're high school kids and, like, nobody thinks like that. It's weird. Like every, No, that's why I asked. It's not, yeah, not a normal way to think at that age. I don't even know because like, I never even wanted to, like, until my senior year of high school, I never wanted to hang out with, like, kids doing degen things like I just didn't want to do it and I was like and then my senior year I kind of like I went to like a few parties and I'm like dude this is so stupid like this is so dumb like I'm not getting anything out of this only bad things could happen right now like I'm so I don't know yeah me and Ryan was my best friend like coming up through high school and stuff so like hanging out with him and just like I don't know it's just you can do funner things and like especially when it like pushes you towards your goals like you know I don't know playing games in the backyard, spike ball, this stuff, like, 
we're getting cardio out of it. Yeah, we yeah. We don't need to drink and smoke, all this other stuff that kids thought were fun. And I mean, I don't know. That's just me. And I think it just seemed like a waste. I just didn't didn't even want to do it. So, yeah. A lot of it is a waste. <laughs> yes. um, I hate to say, you know, if I'm talking about your, your high school life, if you're listening right now, and it's like, oh, that was everything I looked forward to. Sorry, I think it was a waste. I'm not even sorry. Like, you just, just stop doing it. Like, it doesn't, you have college and stuff, like, you can go explore, but, like, in high school is where, like, you got to, like, kind of build a name almost and, like, work hard to get to college. Like, you're not going to get to college if you're, like, just wasting time. You know what I mean? Like, you got to start working and, I just it's not even it doesn't have to be physical it can be obviously mental stuff like mm-hmm. go read a book <laughs> go read a book <laughs> uh that's funny i remember like in high school like all these people that i like wanted to be and i was like so jealous of come senior year i mean i had nothing going for me but a lot of them didn't either and i'm like what is going on and i look back at something now like because you could creep on facebook yeah. and i'm not trying to bad mouth or i mean it's not like i have pity on them or anything like they're living their life but i'm looking at them i'm like Thank goodness I didn't end up like that. Yeah. Like, that's what I was going after. Like, that's what I wanted. Like, it's just crazy. You don't really know what you want as a young yeah. person. So for you guys to have wanted something that is so beneficial now in your adult life and it's going to follow with you for the rest of your life, uh, I think is awesome. Because one of the things I went through recently was, I don't know if it's midlife. Maybe, you know, with my health, 35 is midlife. Um, but uh, I don't know. I went through this thing where I was like, man, death is coming. It's going to happen. Wait, you have one life. Like you can't. And I remember Adam, I mean, we were on a podcast here and it was like the couple days into thinking like this. And I was like, not having like a mental breakdown, but we were like live re- recording. And I was like literally trying to work it out in the room talking. And I was like, listen, I, I don't get it. Like if I want to change course, like, is it too late? Do I do it now? Like, do I want to change course? Like, where's my life going to go if I keep on this trajectory? Um, but I guess the thing was like, I had to really just sit down and look at everything I'm doing and be confident in my decisions, be confident in where I'm heading, be confident as a father and and confidence was really like the big thing. Um, so I think that's really important to have, um, because obviously life is going to go on beyond, beyond wrestling. Have you guys thought about, you know, anything, I mean, fighting beyond this or, 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 you know, what's your, what's your thoughts, you know, after college? Yeah, I mean, the UFC would be would be pretty cool, uh, but, so, uh, but right. we <laughs> we we literally uh, uh, just went to like a, a UFC practice. It yeah. was like a it was a wrestling practice, um, but it was, it was for like jujitsu and, and fighters and stuff. And we realized like our our bodies, I don't think, can handle that. Like our knees and shoulders and stuff. We're just old men at this point, uh, and it might be genetics and with the sport, but. Um, I don't know if fighting is, is in my yeah. future, like at we least. We were saying yesterday, like, we were there, we're like, dude, one kick to the knee. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're done. Dude, some we, of those are brutal. Yeah. yeah. You see some of these kicks, and I'm like, dude, like, because I've had four knee surgeries, and he's had a few, too. Like, it's, I just don't, I don't know. It could be a possibility, but not, probably not. <laughs> so it's not like a desire for nah, you. I don't know. Really. So what was that, what was that practice like? Was it, like, uh, UFC guys training, like, for, for, like, ground game, or? Yeah, so, um. Our sister's boyfriend uh, just made it into the UFC. Um, Joe Piper, body bags. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I actually was wanting him on here. I haven't even. I haven't made any efforts or strides yeah, with that. But I'll anyway, he's a cool dude. Um, <laughs> and he he invited us to his practice. Um, and Fridays are are their like wrestling practices, I guess. Um, and so 
Uh, we went to that, of course, just just because it's it's what we're familiar with. Mm. Um, and and we got into like they, we went into situations like when we're backed up against a cage and how to take them down. So it was it was definitely a learning experience for us too. Um, just different styles and um, just seeing that world. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that's why I mean because UFC is like you gotta. I don't know if you have to know wrestling, but it's like you have to have some sort of ground game, some sort of like martial arts. It's like the, you really have to have like a full and comp- because you always see these guys. It's like you know, oh, if he gets him on the ground, he's done. But if mm-hmm. you can't get that guy on the ground. It's like you really have to have such a balanced fighting technique. It's 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 incredible yeah. what what those guys are able to do. Like how versatile their their training must be. Yeah, and they say wrestling is like the, the having the wrestling base is one of the more important like I'd backgrounds. Im- I'd imagine. Yeah. Because, like, the ground is is usually where it's going to end up, mm-hmm. and that's, like, the make-or-break yeah. point, you know. Uh, but, yeah, those kicks, dude, some of them I'm watching on the side of the knees or on the on the hips, and I'm like, man, if I got something, like, even half that much, I'd be, I'd be like, just tapping out. Just yeah. like, I'm good. I'm done. Um, but, yeah, I don't, and how do you train to take a hit like that? It's not like you can – I mean, certain certain spots you're getting hit. It's like you're, you're, it's inevitable to have – um, injuries that could last a lifetime. And that, that's something else I wanted to talk with you guys about. So you mentioned your, your knees. I know you guys have both had injuries, um, you know, that affect you with wrestling. Can you guys tell me a little bit about that? Either one of you first. I know you both have Yeah, I'll go ahead. Stuff. Um, so my eighth grade year, I, I had my first knee surgery, and it was just meniscus. But um, we were kind of new to the to wrestling a little bit almost, and, like, we didn't really know – that meniscus surgery, you know, shouldn't be repaired if you're a wrestler. So going into that naive, we uh, got my knee, my meniscus repaired, and that was just a terrible idea because it was um, a really long recovery, like eight months or, so, or some four months, something, some long thing, and ended up just re-tearing as soon as I started wrestling again. So we just learned to take it out just take the meniscus out oh wow all right that i didn't know at all i was not expecting that answer yeah no so that was like the start and that kind of like set me back but um so what what was the heel time what what did you do if you all right so it happened again yeah so what do you do because you have if you have an eight month heel time with the Mm -hmm. surgery what's it look like recovering by not fixing it yeah so we didn't fix it we took it out they take out the torn part oh okay take it out and it's literally like like three or four weeks compared to that eight month recovery and it's like you just do huge difference huge and we and if we knew this like especially with like i'm I'm heavier weight we're both heavyweights and like that's just not the best like when your knees obviously it's just Mm -hmm. like if we knew it we would have done it but we just didn't know so yeah i've had two on uh my left and then two on my right and um but yeah i mean it it affects a little bit of, our, of my wrestling now, but I, uh, I've been doing a lot of like knee recovery stuff and it's, it's fine. Like it, it, I make it work and, um, you know, I just can't wait till like after this is over. I'm like, I just see, like, I, have, I have goals now and I'm going to be like, I'm going to look back on uh, the things that I accomplished and, um, you know, God willing and just be like, all right, well, I just did this with like two busted knees and it'll be, you know, I'll be proud of myself for it and absolutely yeah just a lot of adversity has been with both of us for since we were you know little so nice we're the yeah. we're the bad knee gang over here i got <laughs> i got a jacked up knee myself yeah. i think i'm six surgeries deep oh, yeah. yeah my knee is just jacked. they've been trying to get me since i was about 16 to get a knee replacement six, but every really? time mm-hmm. yeah so what, like what happened in this so 
I had, so initially, I was playing Jailbreak with kids. You know what that is? It's some kind of like tag. Okay, I yeah, forget yeah. all the rules. Anyway, yeah. playing Jailbreak with some buddies. And the place I lived in, a lot of the homes were just one level. Like, so they were easy to climb up on the roof. So I was climbing up my buddy's roof and hiding up there. Mm-hmm. Someone climbed up like on the air conditioner unit, found me up there. I went to go run and jump off onto the front lawn. And my foot hit the gutter and I landed on my knee right on the sidewalk. And it hurt really bad. I was like rolling around and then I got back up and I like shook it off. You know, like kids do. You just think, all right. I just hurt. And it hurt for a long time, but it was just like, I just ignored it. So then like, uh, I talked about this before. We don't have to go down this too deep, but I grew up in like a very physically abusive childhood. Um, I had my, uh, gotten in an argument and I was doing whatever. And my mom grabbed a bowling ball, chucked it across the room and shattered my kneecap and then left. So I had to like, crawl to a phone trying to call an ambulance anyway she wound up coming back they take me to the hospital and they find that my knee was shattered and then they find this bone that was like fully healed or not fully healed but it was healed in like a weird area and it had like arthritis all built around it so like well your knee's gonna your knee's gonna naturally heal but we need to get that bone out this is a prior injury so that's when i was like oh that was from the fall so they go in to take it out um that was successful or no they wanted to reattach it so they reattach it where it should be, and everything's trying to heal. So I'm trying to heal from the surgery, which was orthoscopic, just three little holes, mm-hmm. and then healing the break. Um, but it was like, you know, a couple weeks into healing, and I went to a school nurse because I was in so much pain. She looks at my knee, doesn't even tell me. She calls she calls an ambulance. So the infection was so bad. I think she called an ambulance or called my mom and had, had me rush to the hospital. Within like a couple hours, I was getting prepped for surgery. Uh, when I woke up, they told me that the infection was so bad, it ate all the way, like it destroyed all the tissue around my knee and between like the joints. So I had nothing left. Jeez. It was just bone on bone. Yeah. And it didn't take long at all. Like Whatever infection it was, it was so aggressive. But they still tried to reattach the bone. Yeah. Then a few months later, the bone didn't attach and they had to go back in and remove it. And the infection had st- you know, still done some more damage. So... It was just like one thing after another. My knee was just torn. I, it was like eight months of like being on a bed. That's actually when I gained most of my weight. I was always yeah. a chubby kid, but I was on like all these antipsychotics. When I was a young kid was when pills first started becoming like a big thing to push down kids' throats. It was like right. put them on this pill, put them on the like solve any kind of behavioral issue with like an, I mean, to to the degree of like an antipsychotic, which I should have never been on. Mm-hmm. And I was on this one medication called Risperdal, which actually started like, developing like fatty tissue around my breast as like a young kid that's not what you want as a young man and like gaining i gained 70 pounds uh, for a kid is insane yeah um while i'm bedridden and my knees all jacked up so like that was like the start of all of that and i was just i was so unmotivated it took a lot to get me out of that like mindset and to like become a functioning human (laughs) human again after that but uh but yeah i've had because of that injury uh, I'm dragging this out so long. But because of that injury, I've had multiple other injuries. And it took me a long time to realize. Uh, it was funny. It was a, a personal trainer that told me this. I, I was so afraid of getting hurt. I said, listen, I've had so many surgeries. Like, everything I do, my knee dislocates. Like, I'd be walking and my knee would literally dislocate and pop back in. Which, if you've ever dislocated mm-hmm. anything, popping back in hurts. So, when you're just, like, walking down the street and it's, like, you're just in this incredible amount of pain and you can't explain to somebody, oh, my knee dislocated, but it's back in. And it's just, like, I can't walk right now. And knowing that the next couple of weeks is just going to be swollen. Mm. So I was so afraid. But the, one of the things the trainer said to me, he's like, listen, a lot of people come in here and they say things like you. Like, I get it. Your knee's probably bad. It might be the worst knee I've ever seen. He's like, but if you continue to baby it, 
you're giving it nothing to strengthen it. And I was like, that seems so logical. Why didn't nobody ever say this? I, everybody's been telling me, don't walk on your knee. Don't work it out too hard. Don't do the, the treadmill. Don't do the steps. Do It was like everything was to avoid re-injuring it. And this guy was just like, just build up muscle around it. Mm-hmm. And I, I got in like some of the best shape of my life working out. I, I hurt hurt my knee once with him and had to take a little time off. But it was like I I knew what he was telling me was working. So like I went back into it. Uh, I wish I had stuck with it longer, but I learned a lot. And so like now I, you know, I don't favor my knee. Like I'm carrying around 50 pounds, well, usually like 100 pounds on my shoulder a lot during work. Like just carrying around salt bags up and down multiple flights of steps. And I might do like a thousand pounds within like, you know, 20 minutes. Right. So I know not to favor my bad knee. Mm-hmm. I like, if anything, I want to put more weight on it. Like I, I look at it as an opportunity to strengthen it. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't do that or if I baby it, it's going to go right back into that like weakened position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that's where I'm left now. The last one, I slipped and fell on a wet floor and it just like, it tore ligaments. The knee was like, my, it was so crazy. I wish I had the picture to show you. Is the x ray, my like, they showed like the x ray of where my knee was, but my kneecap was like down. Oh. Like Gosh. down into the side. Like it was just like there's no I was like, I have no knee. There's yeah. no knee there. So they went in and they said it was a salvage job. So that was like the last thing they did on my knee. Uh I didn't know if I was gonna be better or worse when I came out. But luckily they got me to a point where now I'm like, I feel like for where what I've been through with my knee, the fact that I can even walk, let alone dirt bike riding, all this stuff, like oh, I'm so grateful to yeah, God definitely. and my surgeons and anything, you know, to do with the knee. But it makes ours just look that's that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> it's not though, because at the same time, I'm not having guys like you know put pressure and weight and like you know because as much as I'm talking about strengthening it, I I like I was watching a lot of wrestling videos before you guys came on and or you know or checking it out, and I always look at the knee or like when I'm watching jujitsu videos or any kind of ground game in UFC, and I could physically feel the pain. Like I'm terrified of like putting my knee in that place. So. As much as it might seem worse, what you guys are doing is like you really are you you have to strengthen it. Whereas me, I just don't want the mm-hmm. the pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely like a need for you guys to keep pushing and, and training and yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, what about you? Uh, kind of the same thing, just a little further down the line. Um, my first knee surgery was uh, end of my freshman year. Uh, same meniscus surgery. Don't know why we repaired it. Uh, I guess, oh, you repaired yours too? Yeah. Dude, um, I thought we learned from mine. Yeah, I guess the doctor was just very persuasive, very confident. Um, right when the right when the <laughs> six months hit, um, we I went to the beach with a couple of friends, uh, my dad, and they took a surfing for the first time. And the first wave I got, I got up on it. Never surfed before. Tore my knee again. Don't I was know. doing that too. Don't I even like know wrestling. How, yeah, so I I hopped up on the board, tore it, jumped off, crawled off the beach. <laughs> it was very embarrassing. <laughs> Ruined the trip because it was the first day, first first wave, <laughs> first everything. Um, but yeah, then we just took it out. That was my right knee, um, and then uh, I think it was my sophomore year, just a year after. Uh, I think. Sp- Brained my LCL and then tore my meniscus again. Um, that would just like keep locking and and try to wait the the entire season to try to wrestle with it, but it never got better. So that was kind of just a wasted season. And then that left knee just keeps giving me problems with the MCL, LCL, meniscus. Um, and then most recently, I I just pulled my hamstring pretty bad. 
It was weird because it was like super black and blue, but like uh, they 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 don't think I tore it, but I never got like images for it. So um, we just we just hope for the best, and I didn't know how long it would it would take to recover. I thought it was like a like a two week recovery. But it was really like six, eight weeks. Always so much longer. Always so much longer. You got to do it. Yeah, because it it just sucks being off the mat and and not doing what you want to do. But, yeah, it's always just like weird little things that just kind of get you and then like kind of take you away from from what you're doing. Um, But it's always just how you come back and, and how you take it mentally. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's life in general too. Yeah. Like for you, you at least have a path like where you know, like I have to get back on that. Like a lot of people, I feel like they go through life with no goals, no path, no direction. And it's like, you get that distraction, whether it be, you know, something physical or mental, you know, it's almost like you're going down the, down the highway and there's all these billboards, right. And they're all distracting you trying to pull you off your path. And it's like, it's very easy to veer off and get lost into something. And it's, and it's much harder to get back on that highway and like dismiss it and get back on. But if you know where you're going, I feel like that helps with a lot of those distractions because that's never going to stop with life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the rest of your life, it's so funny. I hear so many people, and I'm sure you guys have met people like this too, and I, I feel bad in a way. I remember all the way back in like middle school or even like just grade school, I remember there was like one kid, and I always think back on him whenever I meet someone like him, but where they're like every time something bad happens, it's always something along the lines of like life is out to get them. Like there's, oh, it's always this. It's, oh, every time I get up, it's, oh, you know, something's always trying to knock me down. And I used to hear that and I was like, no, it can't be like that. But I'm starting to think that they are actually right. I think life really is like a constant test. Like I don't care what status you are, what kind of money you have, what kind of position you are in life. I think life is always going to knock you down. And it's like you can either choose to let it knock you down and be pissed off and be angry. Or you could say, all right, well, what am I going to do now? And it took me a long time to realize that, but I think that's life-changing. Like, when you get knocked down, again, it's like you can either say, this sucks, or how am I going to get back up? Mm -hmm. And whether you have, like, a good support system around you or not, like, you have to choose to get back up. Otherwise, like, it's just going to destroy you, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But, yeah, it's like that's such a depressing way to live. So that's, like, one thing I'm sure you guys have, like, part of your discipline is is that, like, getting back up and stronger because – those knee injuries, like, it's it's funny. I was almost curious, like, even acknowledging this, like, with somebody you're going up against, like, do they know about your knee, knee injuries? Like, when you're training, um, do you know about some of the people you're going up against? Like, do you think, like, oh, they have this injury, like, I'm going to go after that? Like, because some people are dirty like that. Or maybe that's – is that a normal thing? Like, I don't know. That's, that's brutal. I feel like – it's Yeah, it seems brutal, but yeah. I wouldn't put it past people. No, I wouldn't either, but um, I don't know if any – I mean, if they watch this podcast, they're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go out through his knees now." But I don't think anybody really knows in college anyway about my knees. Gotcha. So. I just didn't know how serious something yeah. like that would be. Or is that like, would you consider that like a disadvantage, or is that pretty common, like to uh, injuries like within yeah. the wrestling community? Yeah, my my coach always says you're never gonna be 100, percent um, and no one else you're wrestling is gonna be 100. percent So, Good just point. just yeah. however you you wrestle, just just wrestle like like. You know you're not you're not gonna be 100 percent, so just just push as hard as you can. Um, and one thing uh, my my coach kind of um, kind of instilled in in our team recently was um, this like mindset of not being a victim, only volunteers. And it was it was a weird statement. I was like, how could how could this be? It was like there are no victims in this world. There's 
only volunteers. The only victims are children who can't, like, make decisions on their own. I was like, what What about, like, robberies or, or uh, murders and stuff like that? And, and we just kept going down this, like, wormhole of just, like, these situations. And he's like, yeah, you, you, you volunteered to put yourself in that position you, you you so like in our in our situation you volunteered to to wrestle to to put your knees in that position to to work your body like that and so like you're not you're never really a, a victim to to what's coming to you mm-hmm. so having that mindset instilled in you it, it's definitely changed my mindset for sure just like because the past like two months i've been like sick injured um just off the mat not not being able to do what i want to do um and i i kind of had this like uh the, the world's out to like get the me, like, me yeah, yeah. And, it creeps in yeah and 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 then we had this talk and i was like wow this, this is kind of eye-opening for me and so just having that like oh i'm i'm, I'm volunteering to be here especially at the academy because like there's a lot of weird stuff you do there just like stupid little things uh to maybe help get your like discipline in line or um just like time management and stuff like that you're like oh why is this happening to me but like i volunteered to to go to the school i volunteered to to wrestle here and it's 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 really has been been life-changing just like having that mindset and it was your coach that said that yeah smart uh, guy yeah uh carrie colott um he's he's a really good wrestler uh and he's very technical now yeah, it's interesting that the whole victim mentality thing, that's like such a big conversation in culture mm-hmm. right now where everybody is like a victim. It's weird because if you, I think you can create a victim, like you can create this victim mentality. Like if you keep telling somebody, like you could fill this in the blank of anything politically or just culturally, these different groups of people that are like, you're a victim, you're a victim, you're a victim, you're a victim. Mm-hmm. That person will believe that, but if you mm-hmm. told them like you're capable, you're 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 strong, you're 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 capable, capable, capable. If you told them confidently, like or built them up just as much as you're trying to build them down mm-hmm. or tear them down, like I can't fathom what the world would look like. What kind of uh, you know people that I'm trying to think of like people that are big in this world today. Like what kind of um, life changing individuals we are shutting down because they never had the confidence to even try something. Uh, it's sad. Like my, my son gets down on himself a lot. Like I, I don't push my son a lot. You know, he's like I said, he's, he's about to be five years old. He's a little guy, but he takes things so, like to such heart, like of like, uh, he's so hard on himself. Like if he can't do something sometimes, I mean, he's gotten to even the point where I see him like punching himself or like getting angry. I'm like, Whoa, dude, like sit down. Like, it's okay, buddy. I love you no matter what. I love you whether you could do this or not do this. And the only way you're going to be able to do this is to practice. Like like when he first started on his bike, it was like, uh, I can't do this. And I'm like, I know you can't. You just got it. Like, you, you're not supposed to know. Like, if you keep practicing. So I showed him on YouTube. So, like, anytime you can't do something, I love going to YouTube and showing him, like, professionals. Yeah. This is what you can do. You could do exactly what this person's doing. But this person didn't just wake up and do this. This person practiced all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I always want to push him with practicing. Like, if I see him only doing left-hand turns, I'll catch it. I'm like, why aren't you doing right-hand turns? Oh, I'm scared. Like, for whatever reason, it's just, like, something different with the balancing. So, I'm like, all right, well, every two left turns, do a one right turn. And then I'll see him start doing more right turns. And more. It's like, you, it's weird to see that, yeah. you know? And then I can also take it in for myself. But I know we're getting a little off of the victims, but it's like, 
depending on the way you approach something or the way you see something like your perspective Mm -hmm. will completely change the outcome. Mm -hmm. So like your coach coming in and giving you a perspective that you didn't see before completely changes your trajectory. Right. Yeah. It's just wild that in today's day and age, like all these adults are, are doing such a disservice to young people by not like having more people like your coach to, Mm -hmm. to push like that. I don't know. I don't know how we pull out of that other than having more people like, like yourselves, being vocal about this and actually applying it in your life or like your coach actually not being afraid to say something like that. And also you know? like, <clears throat> I just think it's easy to play the victim card. Oh, it's so easy. And especially yeah. just like in today's, like I, I hate social media, but like, cause I'll, I'll like delete the apps, like whatever. But like, I always just download it again. Cause I'm, I don't know, I'm bored, <laughs> but then I, uh, I see things that just make me so mad. Just obviously like, but anyway, um, yeah, like I just I think social media is a big part of that too because everybody has their own opinions and can just like say whatever they want, kinda, um, to a, to a degree. If you're on, anyway, um, so they say things and like they get this victim mentality because they're like, oh, these other people are are soft and are thinking like this. Why can't I? And it's just such an easy way to like take yourself out of like doing something hard or like working to make yourself better. Like mm-hmm. it just. You know, I'm going to just take the easy road. And that's just something, like, you you can learn, obviously, and you can build habits now. But, like, if you don't have that when you're little, it's going to be harder for sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the social media thing, I think one of the more dangerous aspects of that as well is this false sense of community. Like, kind of like the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Like, you, you see, like, these loud or these loud part communities seem like they're larger than the actual larger ones. Because mm-hmm. usually the larger ones... They're not worried about whining on the internet. Yeah. They're doing, they're living life. And, you know, like, yeah. uh, but then you got these other people who, are, you know, aren't living life, don't have like, it's so funny, like you get like the motivational speaker that doesn't have any motivation. You know what I mean? He's like, he's trying to teach you all the things that he can't do. Yeah. Not that that's everybody, but yeah. I'm sure we've all There's seen people like that, especially that. online. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's weird because, you know, online you have this thing where you can play the victim card. And it's not to say that life isn't hard or that you don't have a tough situation. I don't want to dismiss anybody's situation, but like, there's always a way out. Um, and it's not easy. And some people, their, their climb out of that situation might be vastly different or vastly more complicated than other person's, but it doesn't mean that that climb isn't there. Those steps aren't in place. Um, but one of the points I was trying to make is that on online, when you play that card, it's so crazy because in reality, if you were to play that, like around people, you'd have people, I would imagine like more so to encourage you, but online it's like this, this loud group will come in and like, kind of like swarm over and be like, no, it's okay. You are a victim. It is. And yeah. you, you like, you have so much support in the negative, like, I guess I'm trying to say like, whatever you want to believe or want to say, there will be thousands of people to come and support you, whether it's good or bad. And it's mm-hmm. like, just because you have somebody that supports you doesn't mean that they are supporting a, a positive path in your life. Yeah. It just means you have somebody supporting you. And what kind of support is that if somebody, you know, won't won't challenge you? I think challenging somebody is the best. I'm going on around here. I, I heard <laughs> a, a long really time ago. A yeah, a long time ago I was talking about I was talking to a businessman. And I was like, you know, what's like some some business advice? And one of the things that really stuck with me he said, never have a business partner that thinks like you. I was like, why, why not? Like, why, why would I want to argue? Like, that was my first thought. Like, why would you want to argue every step of the way? He said, if you don't have somebody challenging you or pushing against you or stopping a path that you want to go down, you have a much larger chance of both walking over the cliff together. 
Mm-hmm. He said, but if you have somebody that's challenging you and you're challenging them and you can work it out like, you know, peacefully, uh, then you will build each other up. And it just shows like what challenge. I mean, even like just, you know, when you're, whether you're training or in a match, like just having that challenge to bring you to the next level, like a loss, I'd imagine for you guys with your motivation, like does a loss bring you down or does it motivate you higher? Like I'd imagine it yeah. builds you up. It's Obviously like, I got to train hard. Yeah. Right. It's like I got to train harder. It's like th- there's a lot of things in life that I feel like correlate with the wrestling community or even just sports in general. I mean, yours is mm-hmm. much more physical. I think the, the, um, the correlation is a little bit more in your face. Mm-hmm. But um, just like this mentality, I just can't fathom what it would do to young people today if they had more of you know, what you guys are talking about or some of your experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, sorry, that's one of my, that's my rants. I, uh, I go on rants all the time. I'm terrible. It's just but, like, how do you, how does one even fix that? Like on social media thing? Cause like, obviously delete the app. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, that, that's what I've done. The past, <laughs> past two <laughs> months. I haven't had hard. Instagram. <laughs> like, I'll download it just to like watch some funny videos and then like, get <laughs> traps. You trap, and then it's like, oh, God. See, my favorite is when you go to delete later. it and it's like, Jessica's gonna really miss you. Oh, Bill just you know had a new just got a new dog. Are you sure you don't want to go? Yeah, exactly. Have you ever seen those? Where it'll like it? Oh, dude, like Facebook when I first deleted it, and oh, it was really? like these are all the people that are gonna miss you. Like when I was trying to shut down my it account, had the, it had those notifications. It, yes, yeah, it really? pulled up the page, and it was like showing me things, and it sucked me back in for a minute. I was like, no, wait a minute, why am I back on this page? <laughs> right. Like, go back, and then I it showed me a new set of people oh, of like these people are gonna miss you, and it showed their faces. I'm like, yeah. this is legitimately a drug. This is a drug at this point, and they, they're not hiding it. And what's I got that, rid of it. What's that documentary on Netflix where it's like, talks about all this like social media and stuff? How they like know oh, everything you're doing? I know what you're talking I about. I can't it, remember. I, I, was I just don't think completely I've seen like, it. Social Dilemma? I think it's Social Dilemma, yeah. And like, they'll just know how long you look at a post, take that, put it into your system, whatever, keep giving you ads about stuff. Yep. And I, I, don't have, yeah. I don't use Facebook like that where like, that I got I'm, rid of. I'm addicted to it. Yeah. But like I, Instagram, I don't have TikTok, but Instagram, I'll look at the reels and just go through it. And I'll look at one video for like a little longer. And it's like something I would never ever watch, but I just looked at it because it's like weird. <laughs> the next like three videos, same like, thing. And I was like, what is going on? So I deleted it. I, I tried to delete it. Dude, it's it. so creepy. It's like, so weird. I hate it. It's, it's so weird. It's in your head, man. But, it's yeah. dangerous. I'm like, I'm worried about young people with stuff like that. Cause I'll do the same yeah. thing. I'm like, I, I'm always looking at my screen time app to show like what I was wasting time on. And mm. it's like, all right, I need to just get off Instagram yeah. right now. Yeah. That actually helped me get off Instagram a lot. Yeah. I still love looking at videos, but now it's like, I mean, I probably have, like, I used to always be like, oh, I need to get rid of all these red notifications. Oh, I have the, now I'm like, I don't care. I, mm-hmm. It's got like, you know, 70 something text messages on red or, you know, a hundred and something messages in Instagram. I mean, literally it's probably what it is. I'm like, I just don't care. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel a need to go and do that. Like if somebody really wants to reach out or knows me, they know I'm not blowing them off. Mm-hmm. Like they're just busy. I'm just living. And <laughs> you know? I, I think for us, um, like we didn't really have social media as a kid. I, I know I got my first phone in like eighth grade. Um, uh, the only like iPad we would use is, was our grandma's and we, we'd go over her house and just play on that when we could. Uh, but even then, we had like time limits and stuff because we were always being pushed to like play outside and it's, it's great and yeah. do stuff like that. Like, and so our childhood was outside. Like even if it was just like doing weird things, like <laughs> weird uh, things, weird, just like <laughs> pretending we were animals running around <laughs> on forest, some weird thing. But uh, yeah, we like got our hands dirty every day. So I think like that, awesome. that definitely helps too. But the kids today, where they're like iPad kids, are like 
looking at phones, TikTok, all this stuff. Like that's just getting into their brain, like seeing things, and you can literally tell. You walk. I even girls in college, like I'll see a girl in college and like try to have a conversation, and it's like you can tell they've just been on TikTok because they say things that you see video. It's just like, it's like not real life. There's like new lingo. and It's not real life. I feel like, dude, I'm talking to like a robot. It's just so, I can't NPCs, dude. NPCs. Yeah, yeah, literally NPCs. No, it's like, talking about balance again, and keep going back to being a father just because seeing you guys, that's like one of my biggest things I've been thinking about during our conversation is just like my own son and like just watching the way you guys were raised and the outcome. But, um, like, so my son has an iPad. But, you know, a lot of people, like, might frown upon that, but he might be on it a couple hours every few months. Okay. I mean, it's like, yeah, awesome. he's cool. not on it. And, that's like, really if good. I, yeah, like, when he has, he has stuff, because he's younger, I can get away with this. I'll just find something on there. And I'm like, I'll delete it. I delete the app. And he's yeah. like, oh, I can't get, uh, it's not working, buddy. Because, like, the YouTube <laughs> kids, I watch yeah. them, he's just, like, watching hamsters. Around. I'm like, that's not educational. No. So I started downloading games that were educational. Like, if he's not on there learning, I don't want him to be on there. Yeah. And, like, we just got them. They haven't opened them yet. We did save one Christmas present uh, for Christmas, which is, like, the new Amazon tablets. They were, like, oh, half okay. off for, like, Black Friday. So I bought both of them tablets. And it's, like, the goal with this is this is going to be a learning tool. This is going to be helping them alongside school and, you know, whatever. Because there's so many different things for kids to help them learn. But mm-hmm. this is not for them to sit there. And this isn't a way for me to quiet them up when I don't feel like being a parent, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't feel like oh, yeah. taking the time to find out what's going on and calm them down or whatever. Yeah. Like, obviously there's those little moments where you need them to be quiet. Like, just like, but it's not like an end all, you know, a lot of parents, it's like, they just quiet their kids up and hand them the tablet, hand them the phone. It's like, I get that there's moments where that's helpful, but that can't be like something you fall back on all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I always look for opportunities to take his tablet away. Yeah. Everything. I'm no, like, you've been on it too much. And now yeah, he hasn't had it for a month. Because the new tablets were, were coming, I knew he was going to be on them a lot. Nice, but uh, but yeah, it's a balance. Because like I want him to have it, because I really don't want him to like be you know grow up and be like I don't know how to use it. I want him to be intuitive. Like because I mean you guys know a new new thing comes out, you could just grab the phone and know how to do something. When your your dad would be like, or your grandfather's, you know, like these older generations would be like, I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> and it's like you just intuitively know. Yeah, yeah. right. It's, like, it's different. I want him to have that. Yeah, no, for sure, it's different. For sure, like these days, like where this technology is going to be a part of our lives, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. So, like, these tablets or iPads, like, can be very beneficial. Like, I see, like, like Ryan has one for school. I don't have one because I don't know. But Ryan has one, and he uses it for <laughs> school. And it's, like, this is, like, this, like, saves so much time. Like, I see people at my school using it. I'm, like, dude, this is, like, this could be really good. But at the same, like, at the same time, like, it could be bad. And I think we're still, we're so new as, like, a society in this, like, type of technology where it's, mm-hmm. like, we don't, we don't know how to like tell our kids like what to do here. Like we can't really, I don't know. It just feels like, and, and we don't know the long term effects on exactly, a lot of this yeah, stuff too. Well, yeah. No. So I, this is actually this is my first like experience of like it actually kind of being like kind of scary for little kids, because uh, my buddy's little cousin he, um, uh, his parents are separated, and they enrolled him in like the Elon Musk school, uh, okay. which is like yeah. the the online school and. Sorry. And he's so he's just on an iPad on a, on a TV and and all all day long and uh, really doesn't have any any social life and their like family time is in separate rooms playing like Fortnite with each other and this kid's like That's six crazy. years old 
And like, and then I, I hear this story where, um, like he, so he, he, there's, there's like no interaction with other kids with him. I hear this story where, um, he like kicked his dog like to death, like just, just kicked him in the throat like a bunch of times and like didn't feel anything about it. So like, wow, that's like scary. Just like what, like not having those like, like outlets or or interactions like can do to a young young kid's brain yeah and it's disturbing it's very like i was like dude that's they got to do something about that well there's a lot of things like that like not having normal experiences like there is tons of stories you can go down and find out like these people that are in jail because the first fight they got and they killed somebody and it's like they didn't realize like for me like i got into fist fights from you know growing up and not to say you have to be in fist fights but like i'm just using that as an example Whereas I, I learned control. I learned, like, what a punch is going to do. I know that somebody cracking their head on the ground is not okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you get these people that just have no life experience in whatever area you want to fill the blank in, and then, boom, like, you, you go to the nth degree. It's like bringing, you know, a gun to a, to a knife fight. It's, it's you have to learn. You have to have these experiences with people. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that was disgusting. I can't blame that completely on Fortnite or anything like no, that. But, no, no. <laughs> but it definitely doesn't help the situation. It helps breed bad behavior. Yeah. It definitely helps, um, you know, exacerbate issues. Like, like he doesn't know, like, the difference between right and wrong in, in that type of situation. Um, and it's so weird just kicked his dog. Yeah. It was like, then, like, the, the parents took it to the hospital and then, um, or the, the vet and, and then, they were in the backseat, and she was like, yeah, he's, he's dead. So it was... Dude, that's horrible. Like, it was just like, all right. And yeah, and he's just like a little, little psychopath, but he's he's a nice kid. Elon Musk, what are you doing? Like, I, I, I've, I've met <laughs> him, but... Um, and you can't think that that kid's just like a lost cause and crazy. Like, yeah, it's like, no. You, you know just, what I mean? I don't know. Like, I, my son always has interactions where, like, obviously he's not doing something to that degree. But, like, he's always learning that a lot of the things he does are very rude behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that to beat him down, but I'll be like, hey, buddy, when we were in there and that lady said, you know, hello to you and you just ignored her, mm-hmm. I'm not mad. She's not mad. But that was very rude. Yeah. Like, when people say stuff like that, you know, we like to talk back to them. So, like, I remember when I was a kid being taught, like, normal interactions with people. Like Same thing, like, with animals. Yeah. It was, like, my big um, push was to go pay for things when we were, like, when we got up to the counter. My mom would hand me the money to go. If I wanted to buy bubble gum or buy like a little juice, she'd hand me a dollar and I'd go pay for it. And I was so afraid at first, but then it, I built confidence. But yeah. you you have to build social mm-hmm. confidence as well as like internal confidence. It's like yeah. that's just part of being a human being. Yeah. Like you have to learn things that are okay and, and not okay. Yeah. Otherwise you just explode into a bad situation like that. And it's like now everybody thinks you're the crazy kid, but really you just, you just need some um, – trying to think attention really mm-hmm. you need some attention to yeah, like a lot absolutely. of areas that's crazy though no, that's, that's, that story yeah. got me like so out <laughs> <laughs> that's like my dad and he would teach teach his manners and stuff and my first thing i think i ever like my first like real like life lesson was holding a door for a girl and like letting yeah. you know girls go ahead before you i think that like, the, the respecting woman part was like the first like real like i remember the, the first real lesson that i learned and like hopefully, like I know, it still sticks with me today. Obviously, and um, just being respectful, obviously to everybody, but like putting a woman like kind of before you, I think is kind of going away just with the whole equality thing now. But I don't know. I always want to be respectful to 
to a lady because you know I don't know that's just how I was raised. Yeah, yeah. I never really understood the like not like where equality or feminism comes into like being angry that someone would hold the door for exactly. you. It's like yeah. it's not like a, I'm better than you. It's always like a I, I respect you on such a level. Like just that's a like yeah that's such a normal thing for me. Like I see a lady. Usually it's Wawa, you know, stopping for fuel or going to grab a drink or something. It's like always opening up the door for a lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I think that's like kind of a mentality that's being challenged now by both sides. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think any of that stuff's going to bring anything good to our, our society. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I do want to also talk about um, is God and your faith yeah. and what, what kind of role that plays. Because I think a lot of the things we're seeing in society, you know, and watching society break down in many areas while we're, we're, it's like crazy, like tech is advancing so crazily, like in such fast speeds, but then like the rest of society is dropping off. It's like, what is going on? Like, where's this, you know, disconnect? And I, yeah. I personally believe a lot of it has to do with just the abandonment of God in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a huge correlation, but as far as, you know, everything we've really talked about, anything you want to jump in on, uh, I'm curious, like where God and your faith and your upbringing with the church has played a role in all of this? Because I, I know that's probably like a huge part of your lives. Um, but as far as like your wrestling um, and just the sport of it all, you know, where does that, where does that fit in? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the beginning. Like um, my mom uh, is, our, is my biggest like role model and, you know, uh, my faith and, um, so I think even when we were little kids, like going to church and all this stuff was like, just kind of like expected and like, um, it's just how we were raised up. So we have a base of that and like, we love, I loved growing up in the church and stuff and it was fun. Um, I think like for me, I'll just go, I'll just, you know, tell kind of how I perceive it and stuff and then Ryan can share. But, um, I, uh, you know, I, I, you know, love to, like, you know, read my Bible, all this stuff, go to church camps, all this stuff, and then um, all through, you know, high school, middle school, high school, and then college came, and I kind of fell away a little bit, Um, but recently, past year, I, like, you know, kind of broke down, reached out to my mom, and my mom, mom, who are, like, my biggest, like, you know, faith warriors, you know, they pray for me every day, and I love it, and um, they kind of got me back on the right track, and, um, I, I felt it with wrestling. I think it was my biggest thing, like kind of correlating that to wrestling is like a lot of my confidence came from knowing I'm doing everything I'm doing for God. And like, kind of just like, I want to lift him up and like kind of bring everything I do and just kind of lay it before him. And I fell away from that and was doing things for myself. Um, so it gives you, it gives me almost like a, a new sense of like purpose, confidence, just doing the things for, for God. And, um, you know, obviously, like, he's, it's insane, like, you can't really talk, like, like explain everything that he, he does for, like, us, and definitely me and stuff, but, um, yeah, I think it's extremely, it's, a, it's the biggest part of my life, and I want to do, wrestle, and do all these things that I'm doing for him, I want to use that platform to, like, bring others closer to him, if possible, and stuff, so, um, Last thing is just, like, me and my, my buddies at school, like, on the team, like, we do devotionals. Like, I got them into doing, like, some of my, like, more oh, that's awesome. More into devotional, yeah, with me. And uh, Were they Christians beforehand, or was this just something you kind of just said, hey, I'm doing this? Or how how's that get started? Yeah. Because um, so, especially in the college realm, that's like, yeah. you know, so, like, I don't know how I, that's I've always at. had, like, 
everyone knew I was a Christian. Everyone knew I believed in God. Um, but I, I never like kind of reached out to them or like, because I, I was like myself was struggling. So when I got kind of got back up on, on the horse and stuff and, um, my, I like reached out to one of the other guys on the team and like, he was a big Christian and stuff. So like we, we would do it together. People saw what we were doing and they were interested. So we were like, Hey, just come out and like, come do this with us. You know, you don't have to come back if you don't want to, but I ended up getting to like seven or eight guys on the team. And it was it's, ever since then. It's been pretty cool. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. I mean that's cool. And it's just cool to see accountability like, too. Yeah, like you just see yourself influencing others in this light, and because you you want people to look at you. And Ryan, like he's told me this before, because he's helped me as well. Like Ryan's like always been strong. I feel like in his faith, but he uh, there's like there's a lot of you want people to look at you and see like you're a Christian, but like like, you have fun as well, like, it's, like, it's nice to be a Christian, like, you you, you see him, like, hey, I want to be, like, that guy, like, my mom and uh, Ryan would always tell me, like, hey, like, you want to be, like, you want to be, like, this guy, like, you you want to look at me, or you want to look at Ryan, and be, like, hey, I want what he has, and um, that's all just God, like, you just have that presence, and it's, like, it's really cool, like, you just feel it, so. So, one of the things you said that, that stuck out to me, and that's something I've been showing my whole life, and I wish I can remember it in the moments that I forget it, right, which obviously... You know, can't. But you were saying that you were falling off, and then you mentioned specifically like you were doing things for you mm-hmm. rather than do it for God. It's so bizarre to think that like, all right. So for me, it's like and I'm sure same thing. It's like you're 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 living your life for God, right? You're you're in, you're in the Word. You're reading. You're you're doing things for others. And then it's like oh, you got a little bit busy. All right, listen, I'm gonna have to like put this aside a little bit and like focus on me. And it's like. You'd think that working on yourself and not this other thing that you can call a distraction with the yourself part Mm -hmm. would help yourself. But it's like the more you put this thing aside that is not seemingly at the moment for you and you focus on like the, well, I need more time to sleep or I need more time for social or I need more time for working out and you, you exchange that for, you know, God with the me, you would think that the me would get strengthened. But it's not the it's not the case. It's like you start seeing the complete opposite. Like that was one of the weirdest things to learn as a Christian. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people listening could disagree. But in my experience, the more I focus on other people, devotions, uh, just God in general, like I have God on my mind, or or just living a godly lifestyle, the more the me part that I would want to focus on just naturally starts happening. Mm-hmm. Like the the things I want to change in myself just start naturally happening. The desires that I want to push away start naturally happening. Like the more you're in the word, it's like the even like you know we're talking about social media and as, uh, access to like the internet. It's like porn or any of these things that like are huge distractions and totally accessible today. Like with no effort at all. It's like you can fight against that all you want mm-hmm. and like put efforts in. Like I remember like trying to get like trying to get away from porn. It was like. Or I just need to like focus on something else, do yeah. something every time I want to, you know, watch yourself. porn. Like maybe I'll go for a walk or I'll go, you know, do this, play this game on my phone or something stupid. And it's like you keep trying to do that and it's not going to work. But if I fill my head with like devotions or just reading, reading the word or even just a book that is godly centered, it's like that desire already just mm-hmm. it just falls by the wayside. That's crazy. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy like you say that because that it happened like. It's bizarre, right? You just don't you lose interest in things that like aren't 
you know, for God. Like, you just, yeah. like, don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, like, just... it's almost like, like, I don't know. Um, any kind of work experience you've had under anybody, uh, if you've ever done like summer jobs, but like there's different kind of managers. There's managers that try to micromanage like every little thing you do. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to micromanage somebody, like I've never done it, but I've watched people try to mic- you know, micromanage me or micromanage others. It's just like, it falls apart when you're trying to get everything right. But if you try and like look at the bigger picture and work on like what the big problem is, this other little micromanaging crap that you're worried about, like the way somebody puts a pencil in or the way they fold the piece of paper, it'll all just kind of work itself out if you're focusing on the big picture. So like, why are you wanting to go look at pornography? Why are you going to want to go and like, you know, put that substance, you know, substance in your body that that's going to harm you or, or whatever, fill in the blank. It's like, instead of worrying about all these little things, if you put yourself on a path that naturally steers you away from that, that's all you got to focus on. And it, you think it's like this hard thing of like, Oh, I have to give all this up. It's like, no, you don't have to give up anything. Like focus on this mm-hmm. and just live your life. Mm-hmm. This other stuff, it's not like you'll be like, oh, I have to get rid of this aspect of my life because I'm a Christian now. It's like, I have no interest in that anymore. It's really like the end-all, be-all like way to better yourself. I, I love that about yeah. it. But anyway, going on a tangent again, but when you were talking about that, that definitely brought that mindset up. Yeah. It's just like, you can't really describe it. Like, obviously, it's still hard. Like, you're still going to have struggles. Like, oh, yeah. The devil's going to come after you even harder when, you know, you find... Um, you know, God and want to like worship him all the time. Like there's always going to be more temptation, more stuff, but like literally if you just cont- continuously pray throughout your day, like that's what I do. Just talk to God. Um, even before wrestling matches, like during practice, I'm like, you know, I'm tired. Like, God, come on, help me out here. I'm like getting tired right now. Like, but, uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. And, um, I just really end goal, uh, is just to like, have a platform through wrestling because God allowed me to have that platform and just use it to glorify him. And I think that's all I can really do, you know, in yeah. my lifetime. So that's awesome. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. No, same, same backstory as well. Just like grew up in the church. Um, and I, I really started to like, um, find God and, um, just pursue him more, uh, start high school and just just wanted to keep growing um in that life and I, our mom is is really like she she's definitely my biggest role model too in in um that aspect just she's always praying always always has a bible verse for something and um she's always there to to help us through tough situations and always applying god to the situation and so that was really big for for me personally um just just working through these everyday situations, um, knowing that, that God is on your side and, and God is there for you. Um, and so um, once college came, um, I was a freshman last year, and one of the seniors, one of the most devoted guys I know um, to Christ, uh, Johnny Miranda, um, he, he's now actually uh, in buds right now, going to be a SEAL. And oh wow, yeah, he's cool. He's he's a little guy, he was like one, 130, 133 pound class. And he he really took me under his wing, um, and really just wanted to teach me everything he knew about Christ and how to lead others. Um, and he it was it was an amazing um process, uh, that we went through the entire year. We'd, we'd meet every week. 
Um, he discipled me, um, and just how to apply God into your everyday life. And so, um, just like praying all day, just, just walking to class, um, just always keeping him in your head really doesn't even allow the devil to, to get in there. Um, and so that, that's really helped me. And then, um, with wrestling, just having like knowing God's there, um, and being a leader to others, like, like being a hard worker in the room, um, really shows that like you, you want to be there, but then also lifting others up shows like, Oh, what's, what's this guy have that, that I don't like, I, I want to know more about this. And, and that's, that's your opening. That's your window to, to introduce yeah. God into their lives. And so, uh, Johnny would, would lead these Bible studies every week. Um, and, and we'd, we'd have a pretty good showing. Um, and, um, once he left, he kind of passed that baton on to me and, uh, a few of, of the other guys that he's, he worked with last year. And so now we have a Bible study that we lead every Wednesday. That's awesome. And yeah, it's, we, we just want to keep, keep building it, like get the team culture to just be this one, um, really tight knit group that, that is centered around God and, and glorifying God and, and showing like. Like this is our savior, and and we do everything uh, for him. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. It's interesting because like, if I open up my social media, you think like, college, as soon as you go to college, it's like this godless, satanic being place where if you even believe in God, it's like you're going to be shut down and, and crushed, and any chance of claiming to be a Christian, you're just going to get torn down. So, mm-hmm. and that's obviously like the extreme in the videos you see, but in the reality of that, you know, do you guys see that you were well, I mean, how are you challenged there? Like, you have a lot of great minds. I mean, you're you're there to learn, right? So you have people that know more than you in a lot of these aspects and, and different areas of life. And I see a lot of times, you know, people like that, if they have a very strong opinion that's anti-God, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to argue back with that, especially when they're in control of your grades and your future. Mm-hmm. Have you guys had any kind of challenges in that, in that aspect or even with other students? I mean, for me... Um... Not really, because, again, like, towards the beginning of this podcast, I said neighbors a lot like the high school schedule. And so that also kind of means it's a lot like high school again for me, where, like, my only real friends are in the wrestling community, like, on my wrestling team. And we we all respect each other and, and our opinions, and, and we know that a lot of us are Christians. And um, so we respect those uh, thoughts and decisions and so I haven't really got any pushback. Um, I've even found some mentors off the team um, uh, in in my classes and stuff. And, um, like, there, there's not much, like, I feel like Navy's definitely, the Naval Academy's not, like, a school to get into big arguments about things, like, especially, like, mm-hmm. politics and stuff and like you can't really talk about politics that much because you work under, our, um, uh, like the president, and so yeah. Um, so it's it's really like no no real pushback for me. I'd say like we're all pretty like minded people. That's cool. It's, it's a pretty small uh, population at that school too. So it makes sense, like you said though. Like back in high school, like you have like this tight circle of guys. 
mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're mostly spending your time with them training or, you know, any kind of, you know, it's either that or I'm guessing schoolwork. Um, that makes it makes a big difference. What, what about you, though? Do yeah, you see a lot of that? Yeah, I think it's a different um, different environment for me, um, especially just like teachers, because like they. Uh, I haven't met one teacher that thought the same as me in terms of like the world, politics, stuff like that. So, especially in one in one of my classes, is like it's called human development, and um, she spent like it was I don't know she spent like two weeks straight on just like just gender studies and stuff and I'm like I didn't sign up for gender studies so I like I actually talked to her um after one of my classes and it was just like why are we talking about this still like this is like we've been talking about like nutrition and now you're just ranting about because she's like I don't even know what she is like or I don't even I can't even (laughs) I don't even know what to like call her him I don't know but they uh just kind of like got really mad just because I was like questioning even a little bit. I was I was being respectful. I wasn't trying to be like you know rude or anything. I was just like, hey, like, why are we still going on about this? It's kind of been the same message the whole time. Like you're encouraging us to go explore our sexuality and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just trying to learn, and I know like this stuff isn't going to be like on the test. And then she's like, or whatever. They they were just like. Um, her face got really red and she just started like screaming at me and I was just like never mind I'm sorry <laughs> like apologizing but no nah, I think uh, in terms of like religion and stuff and I uh, all the guys I hang out with respect me and um, so you know the thoughts I have and the beliefs I have are going to be respected so I'm not going to get any like pushback like he said, so. Yeah, it, it's weird though. Like, not to go in too much on that, but it's like the walking on eggshells that I could mm-hmm. feel like you were trying to explain yeah. is the only way I'm picturing it. Yeah. And then to get that kind of reaction in a place where you're literally there to challenge ideas, mm-hmm. you're there to to learn and further. And the fact that we have this whole set of things that we cannot challenge or question, it's like, well, then. Again, it goes back to the business partner. If you if you're trying to train up people to think identical to you, then mm-hmm. there's a big chance that you're training people to walk off the cliff with you. And that's kind of where I see the, you know, civilization going. That's where I see our country going. Yeah, and it just sucks to see like, like I'm in this class with a bunch of college students, and they, it's a time where they're being like extremely influenced, and there's this person up here talking about things that aren't even real, and they're soaking it all in and it's like i'm getting so mad listening to it i'm like guys like please like this is not it and they uh it just sucks because like a lot i know a lot of teachers are like that and that's kind of our generation and that's what they're getting in their heads even like now i know like high school like alina my little sister was telling me about things and even younger than that like people are just getting the kids are just getting fed up and like with all this bs and it's like i just don't even want to see what our future is going to be like when this is all they're getting fed it's like not real it's like almost like a fake sense of living it's just weird yeah i don't understand how some people are put in the positions that they are nowadays and that goes all the way to the top but that's a conversation for another day but um (laughs) it really goes back to everything we're talking about like we have a shortage of leaders we have a shortage of courageous men or women like I don't even care if you're a man or a woman. Like, we have a short of 
a shortage of courageous people. We have a shortage of people that are willing to say no to, to the mainstream, to fight against it. There was this uh, story I was, I was told, or I heard on Rogan a few times, if you were listening to Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, where, I think it was on there, but anyway, where a bunch of students were, were asked, like, you know, do you think if back in the day, you know, during the time of slavery, would you have been for or oppose, you know, oppose it? And of course, everybody raised their hand, I'd be opposed, you know, I'd oppose slavery. And then the, the professor goes, all right, so what today that is mainstream, fully accepted, do you stand against? And nobody raised their hands. And the, the idea is that if you were just following the leader or afraid to challenge the social, <laughs> afraid to challenge, you know, things you're being told or the social norms, then what makes you think you'd have been any different back in the day as, a, as in the slave days? Like, yeah. why would you, why would you have pushed against that when you can't push against something now that you might know is, is wrong or might not agree with? And it's like, there's just this fear of challenging. Um, that goes back to like the raising NPCs. It's, it's scary. It's scary. I don't know what's, I don't know what's coming, but I'm glad that, you know, to see people in your age, um, and especially when I meet someone even younger than you guys that has that mentality, it's like, I I don't want them to think like me. That's not what excites me. Or if you guys think like me, it's not what excites me. It's like just the idea that you guys are strong minded. You, you love the Lord. You're not afraid to say that on here. Mm -hmm. Like you you even, to even go up and question that lady. I feel like most people in there, like you... Nowadays, you don't even know if the person next to you believes it or not because nobody will speak up. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you're like, afraid there's to... There's got to be someone in here thinking the way I'm thinking. Oh, there absolutely is. Right. There I absolutely is. So. But uh, my wife was doing online school, and she had a teacher that... I mean, she was learning, like, statistics. And it was like they used that as an opportunity. I think it was the statistics. But they were... Whatever class it was, it was, like, completely outside of what they were talking about, but was, like, very political and very much, like... Like, not grooming, that's such a term used nowadays, not grooming. Like, uh, they, they were really feeling for, like, what their students were thinking and where they stood on the, these certain political issues. And she was so afraid to answer. Like, she's like, I literally have to lie on my reports because this woman will give me a grade depending on mm-hmm. whether I agree with her or not. And I'm like, that is, how is this college? Yeah. How, how is this okay? And she's, you know, that's for nursing. Like, this has nothing to do with saving somebody's life. Yeah. Like, it's disgusting. Um, and I don't know where that brings us, but I think having goals, having confidence, being an individual, not just following the leader every step of the way is, is how we pull out of this and and training up young people to, to do the same. For sure. You know, not just training them to think like you, but training them to like, just have the confidence to think on their own and challenge. And like you said, going back to just, um, God, putting that in the center of everyone's life and just, I don't know, I think once you have that connection once you have that in you it's like once that branches out there's it can't really go wrong you know yeah. like your mind i mean it's obviously going to get swayed some ways but like you're always going to have that like in you to like kind of go back to yeah so. are you guys getting too cold by the way i'm good you guys are good all oh, right yeah. i'm going to freeze it out so for those of you listening so we're the room that we're recording in is right next to where my furnace is which heats the house, which normally it's not an issue, like for a couple hours to have it yeah. off, but it's That's six cold. degrees outside. Yeah. It is very <laughs> cold outside. It's insane. And I was like, man, the temperature dropped in here so quickly. If you guys are good, I'll keep it off because it's so noisy, but but let me know. Don't don't sit here and freeze I mean, for my sake. No, it's all good. No, it's good. I can handle it. No, I I got this. Please, whatever. <laughs> <Mental toughness. laughs> no, I just wanted to make sure. 
because uh, I felt it drop quickly here. It's funny. We have a, a hot tub out there that needs some repairs as well. Like, I don't know if you saw it. I don't know. You guys came into the front. Mm-hmm. All the side panels are off. We had a mouse go in or a rat, something, while it was, like, down because we, we built a deck in the back, and I put I poured a cement pad to move it over to. We ran the electric out. Um, we get it going, and, like, there's all these issues, like, in leaks and just removing it. Um and then we open it up and find out like a mouse was living inside of like the main center oh, and was geez. like eating wires. So it it's funny. I have to hit the breaker on and off just to keep it at a normal temp. If I leave it on too long, it goes so hot that I, I went in it the other day and it was like over 120 degrees and I burnt my legs so <laughs> bad. Because I thought it was like it was so cold when I went in there. I was like, that's kind of what it feels like when you're freezing and go into hot water, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, something's like really yeah. wrong. And I, I get out and there's like this red ring above my ankles that goes all the way down to my my toes. And I was oh like, I gosh. just burnt myself. <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm trying to stop it from freezing until the parts come in. So it's like I'm constantly turning it on and off, on and off. But um, it was crazy. I went out there and the steam was pouring out of the side and freezing and making ice. Like it was just crazy how cold it was. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's this crazy. is... This is the coldest <laughs> weather I've had in a while. I'm so yeah. glad I'm not working this weekend. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, state champions. You mentioned that, or state championships. You mentioned that earlier. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Or yeah. I, I, you were you were saying back in 2019 and 22. I have it written down, but I yeah. I mean, lost if you my can pull it up, I just don't know exactly the year. It was my it was my sophomore year, and I graduated 2020. So. Well, I guess if you could tell me a little bit about that, because you go from yeah. like, you know, um, yeah. you go from these, you know, the matches locally and you keep working your way up. Like, did you see like, hey, this is where I'm heading or was it, did it just like come real quick and re- like real fast and you just, hey, I'm, I'm here for the ride? Yeah. So literally like I, I know a point in my, in my training and in my wrestling career where I, the foot, like the switch flipped. So, um, freshman year. I went to Sun Valley, we went to Sun Valley High School, and um, they had an okay program, and um, we, uh, I, as a freshman there, I was like one, 195, uh, whatever the weight class was, and um, was just wrestling with the older guys on the team, and, you know, I was just doing okay, like, you know, in, in matches and stuff, I was obviously like, um, I was bigger, so I was like better than a lot of the guys and stuff, but... Um, I remember making it to States that year, like barely making it. And um went like one and two at, at the state tournament. And so I uh I don't know, I went up to my dad after I was like, This is like it hurts. Like this is like you know, I hate losing. It's so like I was like, Hey, like I wanna get better and he uh found Hegel. Um, I don't even know how they met or how they came in contact. I guess actually it was because we were gonna go to uh Haverford. True. Um, so we were going to actually like go into this private school and wrestle there, but their head coach was this guy, Greg Hagel. And my dad, like we went there, introduced, like, introduced him to us. And ever since like we hit one of their, his practices, which was the hardest practice I've ever done. Um, that's, I, that's where the switch flipped because I know like, all right, this is what wrestling is. This is like what hard work is. And I've never like, went through a practice like that never like was pushed that hard and as soon as that happened he saw what Hegel saw in me what I was capable of before I even did and he kind of took to me and Ryan and like saw how green we were and how new kind of we were to the sport and was like I can really do something with these two kids and and uh so he kind of 
literally put us under his wing and like literally it was almost like a mentorship like it was every day like little things like little habit uh practices little disciplines and stuff and um ever since that first practice i remember like all right it's only up from here so coming into the next year i ended up winning states like going from barely making it to states wanting to winning it is literally because of that one interaction with that coach and that's like, that's awesome that's such a great way to look at it yeah you know from there yeah and it's just a like, turning point yeah i don't know for for me that's where it was and that turning point and stuff but i think it's just like you just it's a lifestyle thing and that's what my, when my lifestyle kind of switched so and you were willing to do it afterwards well, too because yeah. i'm sure when you went into that seeing that different lifestyle there's that there's that point where you're like all right i can go down this path where I can go back and just kind of leisurely like enjoy, enjoy doing this and still yeah. being serious. But yeah. then there's that next level. Yeah. You know, going it's, to next it. level. it's a different, it's a different level. Like we talked earlier about it, about how we didn't want to like really party or anything. And I can't even say that if I didn't meet Hegel and we didn't start taking it up that not like those levels, if I would be here today, because like, who knows, maybe I wouldn't have been like, I got to say discipline right now. And, and went to the party or went to this thing but I probably shouldn't have went to and then see how my life would have turned out. Like, it's kind of a scary thought, but I'm, like, very grateful for the opportunity. So, and then the next year, took third. Um, I lost to a kid I shouldn't have lost to and then ended up beating him, and again, beating him in the third and fourth match. So, took third that year. And then my senior year, obviously, I won. But, uh, yeah, the kids weren't really anything special. <laughs> No, that's awesome though that it took somebody to to uh sorry plug in the center you do that earlier um it's just crazy how much one person mm-hmm. can affect somebody's life you know yeah. or even multiple people's lives mm-hmm. and were, was this specifically you guys or was there was there a group of people that he took under his wing um or was it was it the two of you at that time it started i think with um there's two kids that have referred to that because he was the head coach so mm-hmm. he the two you know better kids there and then us, because we would go to those workouts. Then you'd have uh, Chase and Chris Cober, and it was us four. I mean, we were, oh, this is what you were talking about earlier. I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was the same thing. That's like that group. Kinda. That's where. That's how the lab. That's started. how it started. Yeah. Okay. It started in Oh, cool. So yeah, I mean, you can go kind of touch on that if you want, but that's yeah. Yeah, and so I also went to these practices, and I thought they were just the hardest thing ever. And I took a little bit. It took me a little bit to like catch on. So, so what's hard? Like, what's what's the practice look like? I mean, it's it's Hegel's practices are a lot more just like hard drilling more than live. Like, instead of just going at it with each other, trying to take each other down, it's more just like controlled, fast paced drilling, and doing that for the whole practice is very hard. Um, like physically exhausting. Yeah, physically exhausting yeah. and. Um, everything's very technical. Like he, he emphasized being, um, doing all the little things right, doing the mundane when you're tired, and so he'd beat us down and then make us do a single move over and over again until we get it right. And so those practices were hard, and I I took a little bit to to finally catch on, like Hunter did. But um, yeah. So so we started there. It was um, it was just kind of us four, and then Hegel kind of he didn't choose like the best guys because we didn't start off as the best guys. 
we he saw he chooses kids who like want to be the best who who has that work ethic and has that ability to stay disciplined and do what they need to do to to be the best and so it started off with just us four and then and then uh other kids would come to his practices and then i think james Lido and, and christian hodges uh christian hodges was now a teammate of mine at navy um they started coming to these practices um and then once we kind of got this these group of guys going that's when our dad kind of started making this this um this workout room in the garage and started putting mats down so we could have people over and, and practice up there it was legit that, that place yeah. is awesome yeah and, it used to be it used to be adam do you know that right like, yes yeah, yeah. and it literally before the fire right down. yeah Crazy. I so, think about that often. That's such a crazy it's thing. So crazy. Weird opportunity, but yeah, no, that freaking dog died. Yeah. yeah, dude. Oh yeah, I forget about that often. Dude. Every once in a while, like that picture will come up, like because we have like different photo streams, like mm-hmm. come up or like I guess my iPhone too, like pulling back old photos. I'll see it. I'm like, I, I completely forgot that happened. Yeah, literally. It was an electrical fire. I think it was a, a nail that went through and made contact with a wire, and oh, set the house. Oh, the one thing I do remember specifically was the amount of ammunition that was going off oh and gosh. just exploding, and like they wouldn't, yeah. the firemen wouldn't go in. It was just a crazy, weird. crazy. I, the fact that nobody died and that that happened at the time There's that it like did is amazing. There was a big gas tank behind the building too, and so like I didn't know that firefighters were like, because we live in front of that. Mm-hmm. If you can picture it, so like they were like, "You guys got to get out of here because if that thing goes like." The whole, the whole place is gonna explode. <laughs> like we're gonna, so we had to like it was kind of scary, and but yeah, unfortunately the dog died, and um, but uh, ultimately like it created the lab, which is what we call it, um, the resting room, and um, but yeah, no, it sucks that happened. I, w- I really wish it didn't, but um, mm-hmm. I think God used that in favor for us. And I know, like, Adam and Chrissy now have a beautiful house and oh, a yeah. beautiful family and good neighbors now. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately it worked out, but... Yeah, that was crazy. I, I, I forgot until you mentioned that that was the same spot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But... No, that's that's pretty cool, though. Um, so you went to state two years, right? Three. Three? Oh, three. Oh, I won twice. But you won twice. No, I actually went four times. I didn't realize you went so many times. I, I was... went every year, yeah. Wow, and that was, it was like the I was the first freshman that to ever like qualify for state. Like, and I did see that. Sun that Valley, was incredible. Yeah, at Sun Valley it was um, there was we had some good guys come through there, but it was never like, uh, I don't know, it was never something that me and Ryan kind of put out on the table. It's like where these guys wanted to come out and prove something, win, and all this stuff. It's like, so I was the first guy to do that, first person to win, obviously, um, but. I, I, after like, I went for the first time, I was like, "This is not enough." Like everyone was like, "Oh my god, good job!" You just went like we were the first per- like freshmen to ever make it to states, and I'm like, "Okay, well, I went one and two, and got my butt, you know, handed to me there." And so I don't know. I think that mindset is is what made me good, you know, in high school and stuff, and continues to make me. Well, it's funny you talk about everybody else because we all fall into that. Like you're you're the one with the pressure on you, mm-hmm. but everybody else is like they're giving you the win before you got it. Right, everybody wants to throw the trophy at you, and it's like you had the the wherewithal to be like, no, like I, I need to train harder. Like this is cool, this is great, I got here, right. but I didn't do well. Yeah, not enough. Which is like you know, and again, it's one of those 
pivotal moments where you can take that and say, I'm not good enough and beat yourself down. Or you could do the, I think the better thing is like to use that as motivation, yeah. which see, probably seems very normal for you guys. Um, you know, cause you've done that, but that is just something, like I said, we both all said here, like is just lacking in a lot of young people today. It's like, you get beat down. It's like, Oh, I just not in the cards for me. It's like, mm. no, like do something a little different. Yeah. yeah. Make it work. You know, like even this podcast, like I had challenges along the way and it's like, I mean, this is very different, but you know, challenges along the way. I could have easily been like, oh, this isn't going to work. Like COVID came and that beat me down. And then I was like, you know what? Like if anybody's willing to come to the house, I'm going to keep going. So after like three months of not having it, I was like, I'm done with this. Like I'm, you know, however I'm going to do it, I'll do it over Zoom. I'll do whatever I need. And, you know, I got some people to come out and and we kept it going. It's like, there's always going to be something to challenge you in life. So if you're mm. listening to this and maybe you're going through something like you, you've just been beat down, just understand that like there, there's a, there's a, you know, that's normal. It's part of life and there is a way out. There are steps, you know, to take, to get out of this mess and reach out and don't be afraid to ask for help. That's another okay. thing, like not being afraid to ask for help or mm-hmm. like realizing like the strength you can have as a group versus, mm-hmm. you know, alone. You know, a lot of people like, I know all of us sitting here at this table have a good support group and not everybody does, but it's like, you, you can't be afraid to go ask for that help if you're, if you don't have it already around you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, for sure. Adversity is a part of everybody's life. It's been a huge part for our lives and yours, obviously with your physical stuff. But, um, like I remember like getting hurt. Like I broke my ankle at a tournament over the summer, my, my sophomore year and I cried not because it hurt, just because, like, I knew I couldn't wrestle for a while. I was like, that was the biggest thing. Not that like, much. But there's been so many times with the surgeries we've had where it's, like, kind of like a restart. Like, all right, we just got hurt. Like, we're doing, we're still going to do everything we can right now to, like, continue to work for our goals. And it's like, you can't stop just because there's a little adversity in your life. It's like, if adversity comes, you have to take it head on. Like, you can't back down. Once you back down a little bit, it's like you might as well just, you know, stop. But you got to continue just to meet that head on and take things from that adversity and make it positive in any way. So. Definitely definitely with the injuries too because um, I was out my entire sophomore year uh, from wrestling. And so I didn't make it to States freshman year. I don't even think I made it to regionals. Um, and then didn't wrestle at all sophomore year. And then the best I took at States was third um I did that junior year which I was happy with cuz obviously coming off a year of not wrestling and then um I think going through some tournaments in the summer where I was just learning experience you could say just just getting beat up by some really good guys um and then uh my senior year was was definitely the the one that that hurt me um it was it was it was the weird year with with COVID and stuff, and so it was we didn't even know if we were gonna have a wrestling season, but training partners were whack for me because my number one training partner went to college, um, being Hunter, and so I was scrambling trying to find workout partners, um, which I found at mainly at at Malvern Prep, um, my buddy Nick Feldman. Um, so I trained with him a lot and then just just trying to go all over the place and which which was a struggle but it it 
I don't know. Not having a hunter there was was definitely harder. Um, and then um, going losing in the semifinals uh, to a kid that I beat last year, the year before for third, was just like it, it definitely stung a little bit. Especially being my last year, I was supposed to win it, um, and I'll never have like my name um, up on the wall like like Hunter does. And so that was just like, it, it, it stung a little bit. But then knowing like I got four more years in college, I'm like, I can go prove something there. So just always having like. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Always just having that like what's next mentality too. It's just like it helps you overcome adversity mm-hmm. a lot better too. Absolutely. So. so talking about what's next, uh, what are you guys thinking about? So we, we've ruled out UFC. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you guys thinking? Like, you're going for political science. Like, do you think you'll go and and serve uh, in the Navy? I mean, how's that? Does that is that definitely like the the path that you yeah. go after Annapolis? Yeah. So for at the Naval Academy, it's it's really just like a prep school for um, to become an officer in the Navy. And so after your four years at the college, you do five mandatory years um, in the service. And so it really doesn't depend on your major, what you do. It's more how your grades are. I choose political science because it's very easy. And so I'd have a better uh, uh, chance to, to do what I want to do afterward. And um, I always wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I, I thought it was the most badass thing uh, a man could do. And so, and then seeing my uh, two of my buddies go off and, and pursue that this year um they're seniors last year it was weird too because they're both like really small they um so they're the 125 and 133 pounders and but just like wanting to do that i wanted to be like in the military for since i was a little kid and and being a seal and and, and doing all that and, and being like toughest in the world I think um, even wanting to be a SEAL takes a special kind of crazy, but also, yeah. like, an incredible human being. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure we only know, like, a little taste of what their training looks like. I'm sure a lot of that is private. But just the stuff I hear about or, like, watching any any videos on it or, like, what they endure, it, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's cr- Like, I love that we have people like that on our side mm-hmm. because it is some of the most intense like you talk about next level, like that is a level so far beyond like to see what, you know, even somebody that doesn't make it in a seal. Cause it, I, do you, do you know the numbers offhand? Like how many people apply each year and um, how many make it? Yeah. I think, I think a buds class is starts off with like one seventy maybe it, they bring it down to like twenties. That's insane. Yeah. But like to me, like I, I'm sure it doesn't feel that way for the first person to drop out, but it's like, there's something special about that. Like, I want to know more about that person the rest of their life. Like if you're even going for that, like there's something incredible about that. Mm. Um, let alone making it down to like that in the twenties. Like that's just yeah. such a wild group of men. Absolutely. And I mean, from what you have done so far, I have no doubt that you could be in those twenties, you know? Um, that. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you got the mentality for it and, and a lot of life, you know, and, and, obstacles is mentality you know it's not so much like the grades or the physical like that stuff can come alongside it but you have to have that mental 
confidence and capability to handle things like that. Like even just something as silly as talking about how cold it is down here. It's like just ignoring it. Like I love like any opportunity I have to like mind over matter, any kind of pain. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm working outside in the winter and my hands are ice cold, like I love singing a good song and blowing it off and being like, I don't care. Like, and that's silly. It might seem silly, but like as a man, like we strive for those things. Like we want that challenge to overcome. And I, I really do in like some sick way, love ignoring my physical needs and just pushing past it. Like even on something silly like that. That's just like a healthy thing. It's good, dude. Why do we need that? I don't know what it is. Like (laughs) every time ice baths. (laughs) I, dude, I love, I love stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I took a cold shower this morning because we don't really have ice baths. But even that, like, the amount of physical benefit is one thing. But like mentally, it's like I just took a cold shower. That's kind of hard. Now what? What's next? Like, I just it. did that. This is so. so silly, but all right, my hot water takes so long to mm-hmm. get hot, and I love putting it on full blast hot and jumping in there. And it takes like a minute to get up, and then like I'm just ice cold, like you know, chilling my body. Mm-hmm. But like it wakes me up and it gives yeah. me like energy. And then, like, real quick, having like as soon as it gets hot, it's gonna scold me, like popping it back down. Right. But just like that little bit of like just going in there rather than waiting for it to get warm, yeah. it's silly, but yeah, it's like no, I it's, love those. I love those little moments. Some time too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that too. But yeah, those ice baths, I've done them before. They're cool. In um, Vietnam, um, there was one where we went in. I forget what it was. It was like an ice bath, or no, hot sauna. You do a hot sauna and like way hotter than I'm used to and then jump into an ice bath and it was like the contradiction of um the temperatures was like such a shock on the body it was intense but like I mean screw Red Bull like that yeah. if you want to if you want some energy go do something like that or, or you know or, or cold shower in general yeah, but that's good stuff yeah it's fun it's yeah. good for your heart too like your cardiovascular like health is oh like, I didn't even know that no yeah because like your heart's like beating fast and the uh in the sauna and then you go to the ice the ice tub and it slows down to try to like you know get like get your body like back to like normal and stuff but then like starts picking back up again because it's really cold now you gotta like try to warm everything so it's like just when your heart it's like a good it's a good thing so that's cool and uh, yeah it's, it's like a, we definitely both do that sauna ice bath for like recovery days and stuff like that um it drains you though too like it doing does. that over and over, it's like it takes a lot yeah. out of like just, you're just tired. After yeah. That. Like, no. And I know a cold shower, by the way, is not comparing that. I want to make sure you guys are aware. Like, I am. I am <laughs> no, sure of that. But I've done like uh, like the polar plunges and things like that. Like in the middle of winter, just like jumping yeah. in the water or going to the ocean and jumping in. Like yeah. I, I love. I would love to have an ice bath mm-hmm. um, and do something like that. I don't know how often I'd use it, but I would. I would love it. Yeah, because you have a hot tub too. So if you yeah. put like a cold tub next to it, and that would be, dude. That would be sick. That'd be nice. Really cool. Nice. I basically want to build Joe Rogan's studio. I yes. I want like a float tank, sauna. Yeah. You know, I would love a place to shoot in the house. That would be ultimate. Then I would never have to leave. Maybe that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, what about you? What's 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 next for you? Um, well, my major is uh, human development, and so it's uh, kind of just like helping humans so i want to i personally want to be a, yeah. i a personally want to be a um strength and conditioning coach for like a college sports team or potentially a pro professional sports team so i know they uh they make decent money but like i love working with like my teammates and stuff and like other athletes to like help them get better like um like my little sister plays cross and 
I'd always give her like workouts or like some like cardio stuff to do. Like, and um, even with me and Ryan, like we'd make workouts together, and it's just such a fun thing because it's like, all right, we just made this by ourselves. Now let's go do it and see how we feel. And it's always a good workout. But like, I just think if I I love doing that for other people, and like I want to help other people, so. It's cool. It's like full circle yeah. of you yeah. know having someone take you under their wing. Yeah, because I, I can't. I went into college like wanting to be a physical therapist just because I've had so many physical therapy appointments with all that. So I'm like, all right, this is kind of interesting. But then, um, chemistry came, and uh, <laughs> I needed a C plus to pass it, and I, uh, I, uh, I got a C, and I was like, all right, well, I could go back and take this. Like it's adversity, right? I, I could go do that. And I wanted to at first, and I was like, I started talking to some, uh, like, trainers at Tech, and I was like, I just want to make sure it's, exa- like, exactly what I want to do before I spend all this money to, for a class that, like, I, I'm potentially going to, like, right now decide that I'm going to be a uh, physical therapist. So, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I love helping others, but, like, I want to help others, like, in a different way. So, I was like, you know what? I'll try to be a strength and conditioning coach. That's I'm cool. Try. That's, that's my goal. So. That's awesome. It's, it's, yeah. You mentioned like the money thing, like paying well. I'm sure we've all heard this to ad, ad nauseum of like you know if you if your if your job is something you like doing, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. But if you break that down to like what that really is, it's like you know you can either go after something that's high paying or something that you enjoy. I think you need to find balance because. If you go after the high-paying job and you're miserable there, well, what are you going to do with the money? You're going to go do something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So if you could find something that pays less, but the the time that you would normally need outside of work to do the things you want, if you could do that at work, then you don't need that extra money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because most of the fulfillment you have is in your work. Like for me, I do have some of that in my work. Obviously, I didn't dream of being you know, uh, like a water conditioning technician. But I do have the fulfillment of like physical, uh, the physical parts of my job. But also, t- I love going in and solving puzzles all day. I'm solving. If I'm not doing like basic service work, I'm solving a puzzle. Whether it's like finding, you know, finding out where this wire is broken somewhere mm-hmm. between the house underground and you know, 500 feet in the ground. Okay. I, you know, I love solving puzzles. So for me, it's like every little bit of it is like a little boost in in my confidence when I figure something out even on a small level. So like mm-hmm. I get fulfillment as a man and as, as a human being in my job, even though it's something like that. And they were, when I'm done, I'm too tired to go spend the money. So I got, you know, I'm good anyway, right. but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's cool, dude. Uh, any thoughts on Olympic teams or anything like that? I, Adam had mentioned, I couldn't find it. Adam, uh, Meredith had mentioned something about some involvement with Olympic team. Did one of you guys get to train with them or am I completely off base there? No. Yeah. Um, so I made, um, a cadet world team, which is like an age level, uh, team that gets sent to different country to go wrestle other teams. And, um, so I get to go to the Olympic training center and, you know, wrestle with that team plus the Olympic guys if they're there and stuff. So I've been there twice and, um, I think the Olympics are definitely a, uh, possibility to like depending on how the college goes like obviously i don't want to do ufc but i will i will do olympics because i want to see how far i can take this sport that i've dedicated my whole life to yeah um but yeah it all depends on how much i want it and how much i want to work for it but. so with the olympic team are you approached by that or is that something you apply for it's uh something you have to go take and earn it's like they have the qualifiers and stuff so it's like you start once like you 
are serious about it. They, because uh, it's a four year cycle, so like, you go and uh, there's like Olympic qualifiers and there's like little tournaments. You got to go win that. The moves you up to a, a higher tournament. You got to go win that, and then finally do like the Olympic trial. The Olympic, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know how that how that somebody makes it on that team. Yeah, you but just that gotta, makes sense. Yeah. You got to fight it, mm-hmm. fight for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. take it. If you want the crown, you got to take it, right? No, for sure. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's awesome. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming out. Before yeah, before we yeah. end this, though, I want to give you each an opportunity to share something that maybe we didn't talk about or something you want to share for anybody listening or just anything in general. You know, the, the floor is yours. Yeah. You know, either one, whoever wants to go first. I just talked last round. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not much, no. I I mean, for me, I coming into this podcast, I was like, man, I've I don't know how this is gonna go. I was never a big public speaker. I, I, I always like get nervous talking, um, having long conversations. Um, but overall, I thought this was really fun, and yeah, I, I, I really appreciate you having us. Um, and just overcoming another fear. So that was that was good. <clears throat> That's and, cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I really liked everything we had to say and um, everything we talked about. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of all I got. I just thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you came. Yeah. I appreciate it. I really, yeah, appreciate you having us here. Um, obviously, there's some like subjects I kind of wanted to like get into more, but I'm like kind of like holding back a little bit. Maybe we can save it for another time. But um, yeah, yeah you just, guys are always welcome back. By yeah. the way, yeah, seriously. I appreciate that. Um, but just like I guess like the main like thing I want to like get out is like the whole adversity thing because that's like a big thing in everyone's life. Is just like everyone's gonna have it. So. Me and Ryan, you, we've all dealt with it here at the table, and it just makes you a stronger person, stronger man, stronger human. And I mean, you just gotta work through it. So I just wanted to say that, and you know, Merry Christmas. Appreciate yeah, Merry Christmas, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those of you listening, I'm, you're gonna be listening. This is gonna come out in Jan, no February. So because yeah, okay, but sure. um, but Merry Christmas, Bel- Merry belated, yeah, Happy <laughs> New Year, all that. <laughs> But uh, anyway, guys, seriously, thank you so much. Um, For those of you listening, uh, don't forget we are on YouTube and Rumble now. So please go over there. The subscriptions mean a lot. The subscriptions on YouTube, I know everybody on YouTube is pounding you for them. But it does mean a lot specifically because I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. That is what brings us to the next level. Um, I imagine it's probably going to take a few years but that's only going to be through you guys spreading the word, sharing these videos and the clips we put up and subscribing in general uh, to help me be able to do that. And so anything I get for this podcast from the advertising or anything like that, it just goes back into the content. It's not something I'm looking to pocket. It's something that I want to maybe get better camera gear, better audio gear, uh, maybe get different guests on. So uh, it does mean a lot. And I thank you so much. Thank you for listening uh, to this point and uh, be well. See us. See you. Feeling like I'm breathing my last breath Feeling like I'm walking my last steps Look at all of these tears I've wept Look at all the promises that I've kept my heart into your hands Here's my soul to keep I let you in with all that I can You're not hard to reach And you bless me with the best gift That I've ever known 
Giving myself grace, I'm just like understanding that's just how it is. 